What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. It's a whole new ball game around here. A new sound spectacular. Sean Salisbury. The USC Trons longtime friend Sean Salisbury. Brian LaLima. Can't stop addicted to the shindig. Chop, chop, it says I'm gonna win big. This is the all-new Sean Salisbury Show. Good morning, Houston. Welcome into the Sean Salisbury Show on Sports Talk 790. Sean Salisbury, Brian Lima, Ryan Money. The Houston Astros beat the Pirates. They win their first series of the season. They're off today. We're going to have General Manager Dana Brown join us at 6.30, or I'm excuse me, 9.30 this morning. Forrest Whitley Pitched well again in AAA. We'll look at his line this hour. The Houston Rockets interviewed Frank Vogel for their franchise's head coaching position yesterday. And the Cardinals in the NFL getting calls about their number three pick. Ian Rappaport had some things to say about the Texans and a potential move from the number 12 pick to the number three pick. The Astros finally get themselves a series win by taking down the Pittsburgh Pirates, 7 to nothing. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger. For the ones who get it done. And guess who stayed hot, Sean, Ryan? I'll give you two guesses. Tampa Bay Rays. They did. They won again. <laughs> I, I watched Chasmo. it. I, I watched uh I watched it. Yeah. You think they did? Of course they stayed hot. At Gets my expense. Socks. That was a close game though. At my expense. They keep Homer and they keep doubling. Yeah. They didn't really do it at my expense, but it sounded good. Uh, yeah, it sucks. It, uh, I mean, <clears throat> they are sizzling. Everybody in the lineup's hot. Everybody. Chaz McCormick. Chad Chasmo. Chazzy. Speaking of guys who stayed hot. Chazzy Dubon. Fizz. Yeah. Mauricio Dubon, two more hits. Corey Jokes got himself his first career home run in the big Jokesy. league. Jokesy's going to hit his way into this lineup. Dude, Jokesy's home run jumped out of the park. It did. Liner. The liner. Did you guys watch? I did. You did. You called it perfectly on what I was going to do. I was going to go home, light some candles, let the dogs out, hit the couch, turn the game on, and fall asleep. That's exactly what I did. That's what you were going to do. And you did. I told you, and then you'd fall asleep. Yep. Man. I woke up, and uh, I think it was, at that point, it was 4-0? No, 2-0? Yeah, it was 2-0 because I woke up in the 6th. So, yeah. Mm. It's pretty good sledding by you. Yeah, it was. It was no nice. tough sledding there. No. Yeah, they're hot, dude, like I said. But when you go back to the Astros, Dubon sizzling. 
Uh, McCormick done a great. Hey, McCormick, both McCormick and Pena, for the most part, have gotten better when they've been moved in this slot this this year so far. Yeah, Pena Pena's was making hit. better swings. Chasmo's getting rolling. Um, and Dubon stays up. The lineup's pretty good. You know that they've, I mean, runs wise, they're scoring more runs this year than they did last year. This yeah. first thirteen games. Yeah. And yeah, I've got some some numbers to compare from last year yeah. to this year that we dig into this hour. So it it. In truth, is we thirteen games. It just goes to the the oh my gosh panic stuff, man. It's it's so human nature to forget what happened in. And I, listen, do I believe that when something happens the year before, that things can change? Yeah, I mean everything does. Well, this happened last year, so they're the same team. No, they're never. People aren't the same team. But it's amazing because in truth, I think every year since we've been doing this. And since I've been doing this, when it comes to this, at some point in the first month and a half of the season, when it comes to the Astros, it's like, oh my gosh, was there panic last year? Oh yeah, well you mean, oh yeah, there was a, a panic. Like, like, no, like they, we didn't use the word panic. It's like we're not panic, but a cons- little concerned. You would hear that, and then it's like because the initial concern was, well, what about Correa? What are we going to do now with you know when the first the, yeah. before the opening day, and how are they going to react? And then oh, this pitching staff is young. And Verlander, how's he going to respond? Oh, yeah, there was major concern. And then, you know, you go to a dozen games, and it's like, this team's not the same. They're just not the same. <laughs> and then in October, November, you're like, yeah, this team is the same. Right. They keep getting the ALCSs and championships. So to be able to add a little bit of perspective, which is hard to do, and I'm guilty of this. I'm sure you are. Fans are. Twitter is. It is... I mean, absolutely, incredibly difficult, and we all do it, to keep a calm demeanor because the hypersensitive of the first 30 games or 50 games a season. It is unreal how we all, I mean, do we really think that every time, now listen, the guy that leads the league in hitting this year, or the last few years has hit around, what, 330? Mm-hmm. Let's just say that's the... That's the mark. That's three hits in a little over nine at bat. If it was ten, it's a little more than three hits in ten at bats. Yeah. Yet, as fans and media and me, when a guy comes up, Raphael Devers or Alex Bregman, if they go get two singles, walk and then look poor on a on a three straight strikes, so take one, wave at one on the uh, that's non competitive pitch, and then one up and out of the strike zone for strike three. You know what we do? Well, what's he doing? I mean, seven out of ten times, you're going to be a star. I'm not telling anybody anything they don't know, but it's amazing how, oh, that, that we, we, most of us tend to choose, I guess because it's easy fodder, like use um, Abreu, for instance. Yeah. Ten straight games a hit. Mm-hmm. Not having any power, but dude. The ball's in play, and he's and, and, and has one game where he then goes back and gets another hit, and has been hitting over three hundred for the majority of the year, and yet you got a double yesterday. So yeah, it, he had two more smoke, hits yesterday. Right, but one game in between, and you look at well, listen, his power numbers are down over the three. So yeah, he's older as well. He's not going to hit sixty home runs. He's not going to hit forty five. He's not going to win the MVP. But will you take hitting three ten? Oh yeah. So my point is, is that think about this. We are now complaining about his. Power outage, as opposed to the hitting surge. Oh, he went. You know what I'm power saying? Power outage and hitting surge. Yeah, was, yeah, yeah. And and so we're complaining about that. Yet 
if he hits 310 this year, he'll be more than likely in top 10 in hitting. Yeah. So, yeah. point being is... 10, 10, 10, 10 game hitting streak. And then there were people that were saying, should we, we, we be after concerned? After the 11th game. Because that's when it came, four. Right, after the, the 11th game. Well, where's the power? Of course, you're 13 games and you want your big first baseman to homer. But guys like him can also go in bunches. And if you tell me 240 or 25 home runs or 310 and 18 home runs, I'll take the second one. So I, I just, and we're like I said, we are all guilty of it. Make mm-hmm. zero mistake about it. But oh, yeah. I'm just fascinated with... People are fascinated, and we all, and I don't want to put a blanket statement, but it's, it's, I think it, most of the people I know, that we, instead of choose, the guy won three straight on the mound and then has a bad outing and like you knock him out in an inning and a third. Do you know what everybody focuses on? The inning and a third. Not the three games where he goes seven straight innings. It's just weird how society what? and sports we function. Yeah. Do we actually think that a guy can't have three bad swings at the plate and all of a sudden what's wrong what's what's wrong i think we as a society when it comes to baseball forget how hard baseball is well we forget how hard sports is yeah agreed agreed just talking baseball baseball is a game of failure what would your dad say if you would have came home and you got a 27 on a test oh well i would have that would have been in big trouble exactly if you hit 275 in the big leagues, is that success? If you hit 275 in the big leagues, you're going to last a long time. Exactly. You'll, 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 play, you'll have a 10-year career at least. If you, if you get a 29 on a test, that means you get to, you're hitting 290 in the big leagues. That's damn near. If you, if you have some other credentials with it, that's Hall of Fame worthy. Yeah, so I mean, like, like, you'll extend a career. You may play for three or four teams, but you'll play for right. 10 or 12 years, 15 years. That's a years. damn good major league career. Well... I can tell you this: more below two seventy five that played than than above it. Yeah, exactly. Okay, that, 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 that play. Matter of fact, I'll 16. bet you over the over a decade. If you looked at the majority of players, take a thousand players just randomly, and say those that played ten years or more, I'll bet you their lifetime averages aren't over two seventy five. I mean, you're just randomly picking ten. You know, it's, that it's, means that those hitters succeeded twenty five percent of the time. Right. I'm just going to, to a 250 average. Yeah, just under three. Right. So point is, we are, Astros have not started like we want. But here's the, here's the other side of it, and we're all guilty of this, that if they were eight and four, let's just say that for fun, but struggling, kicking rocks to get to eight and four, winning two to one on, a, on, a, on an air by the defense, a bloop single drives in a run to win it. But still, and averages weren't very good. Like last year, they didn't hit very well. Yeah. For the most part, overall as a team. Right. They got hot at times, and different individuals did. Think about it. And then the postseason, we know what they do. Do you realize we'd still complain? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like in football, I always used to laugh. And guy throws for, guy wins the Super Bowl as a quarterback, but did it throwing for 2,900, 3,400 yards. 30, 34, 3,500 yards. 27 TDs, 10 picks. When are we going to get a franchise quarterback? Yeah. And you just won a Super Bowl. Then you'll get a Dan Marino who throws for 5,000 yards, but you complain because you didn't win the Super Bowl. Now, if you get both, everybody's happy. But the whole goal to win a Super Bowl, yet if we don't, if you don't win a Super Bowl, if you win a Super Bowl but don't look pretty doing it, you know what we do? We got to replace Jimmy. Jimmy G, we, you know what? Jimmy G got to the Super Bowl, but you know what? It didn't look pretty doing it. 
He was like 30 and 10 that year, whatever it was. And you know what? When they got beat by Kansas City, that it's so crazy how we like the aberration as opposed to the what normally happens. It's it's a perfect example we talk about society and and forgetting how hard sports is lamar jackson what's the knock on him oh well not from you but from excuse me what we've heard over the last couple of weeks oh his his completion percentage sean it's well it's only career-wise it's only about 65 percent dude's lost like 10 times in his in his career 65 percent though 15 times in 1985 would have been like near the top of the league with steve young and aikman they were hovering i mean that's 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 really good I mean, 60, when you're pushing, I mean, everybody, see, we think everybody's Drew Brees. When it comes to yards, we think everybody's Mahomes. Troy Aikman's career completion percentage in the NFL, 61.5%. And do you realize, you know how they talked about Troy Aikman when he was playing? Big, strong, phenomenal mechanics, and one of the best and most accurate throwers we've had. 61.5%. That, that, that that's the point I'm telling you is that we have the the whole, I think the whole point of this conversation is pretty simple. It is not that difficult to sit back and say, slow down, man. Right. The good or the bad. If you're in Tampa, you're loving life right now. But what are you going to do when they lose three straight? Oh, here we go. Slow down. They're twelve and three. Right, right. right. What's going on? Let's go. What happened? What, what do you mean? We just got swept. I can't believe. It. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? They, they, he struck out three of the last ten times at bat. Where's he going with this? <laughs> After he hit four sixty for twelve games, right? I bet Tampa Bay's radio affiliates. Oh man, I bet they're going crazy right now. They got a big, big station down there. Yeah, they have. They have oh, they got a lot of them. Do they? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You ready to go to break? Uh, I am. You are? Yeah. You want to just call it for the day? or No, I don't ever mail it in. Oh, okay. I'm not like you. Oh, okay. Damn, dude. Whoa, why did I throw to you? Man, man, I didn't That's even quick, wait. Dude. Like, but I mean, you, can't, like, you came at me like, you, you, you want to go now? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Jose Urquidy. What did he do during his outing yesterday? Through six strong. We take a look at his numbers next on Sports Talk 790. Now riding shotgun. I love every single one of you. With someone who's thrown from the shotgun. Football is war. Helmet to helmet. Sean Salisbury. Brian LaLima. This is the all-new Sean Salisbury Show. On Sports Talk 790. This is how we do Here's the pitch. Breaking pitch, driven to left center field. That's going to get down for extra bases. That'll roll all the way to the 410 mark. The furthest part of this ballpark, Abreu skips into second base with a two-out double. The 0-1 to Jolks. Drives it to left field and hit very well. First home run for Corey Jolks. He goes deep into the concourse. The Astros lead 2-0 on the bomb by Jolks. Here's the 2-0 pitch to Bregman. This one's driven to left field. Back goes Reynolds. Looking up. She's gone. A three-run shot by Alex Bregman. Astros lead 5-0 on Bregman's second of the season. 
3-2 to Diaz. And that's lifted in the left and deep. It sends back Reynolds. He gets there, makes the catch. Tagging from third, Chilks. He will score. Sacrifice fly for Yiner Diaz. Garners him his first RBI of the year. And it's 6-0 Astros. Boy, look at the bottom third of the lineup for the Astros in the scorecard. This is beautiful. A lot of production down there. And field back for Pittsburgh. First pitch, and Tucker ropes this one down the right field line. Long run for Joe, slowing down, makes the catch a step onto the warning track. Tagging and scoring is Dubon. On the third goes McCormick. Sack fly for Kyle Tucker, and the Astros lead is 7-0. The 1-2. Swing and a miss. Got him on a high fastball at 101 from Brian Abreu. And the inning draws to a close. Abreu works around a walk and a single. The 0-2. Ground ball, weekly hit, Blanco off the mound. He fields, going toward first, and he'll continue running to the back. Steps on it himself, and that is the ball game. The Houston Astros get their first series win of the year, defeating the Pittsburgh Pirates today by a final of 7-0. The Astros' first shutout win of 2023. That's how it sounded on the broadcast. Robert Ford, Steve Sparks, you can hear every Astros game exclusively here on your home for Astros Baseball Sports Talk 790. The Astros beat the Pirates. That's their first series win of the season. They're off today. Joke say! Yeah, how come, uh, have we not had a see you later yet? Has he not hit us with the see you later? I don't know, man. Is what is, not what does he usually sound like? See you later! See you later! No, we haven't had it yet. Yeah, what's the deal? I don't know, man. <sighs> I figured Jolksy would have warranted a see you later. Yeah, I probably would have gone nuts. In the yeah, doesn't that it feel kid. like Jolksy? We like to call him Jolksy here, yeah, right? Yeah, we do. Yeah, that's his nickname. Doesn't it feel like Jolksy should have got about should have had a three see you later? Yes. Yeah. Probably. First one for the kid. Come the on. Bingo, bango, bongo. See you Something, later. Yeah. See you later. Like see back, you later. See you later. See you later. Back track. Wall, yard, see you later. Bada bing. Like is three. I like when he trifectas the see you later. That is. Bobby that's, that's how you know it's fired up, you know? Yeah. Bob Ford, not, to be, confu- not to be confused with Bob Ford of Minute Maid Park. Not to be, confu- not to be confused with Bob Forsh, former pitcher, oh, with yeah. his brother Kenny Forsh. Love Kenny. F- John Forsh? No. Not to be confused with John Forsh not of the NHRA. Con- not to be confused with John Wick. Yeah, I get of all the these Wick guys family. Mixed up. Oh, not you call it of the Wick family. And not to be confused with Ja Wick of the Memphis Grizzlies. So. And not oh, to be yeah, confused with Ja Morant. Yeah. Exactly. Right. Also right. on the Grizzlies. Yeah, right. him too. Morant's of the uh, East Coast I Morant's. was thinking about a see you later for, for Jelksay. Yeah. Jelksay. First career home run for the... Uh, Did you see But Here's what I love. Is the crowd threw it back. Right. They threw it back on the field. It's like, well, thank you. We would like to give him yeah, that right. ball anyway. Yeah. So that's really nice. Very but, nice uh, fans. Abreu, I guess, is back. But uh, <laughs> I guess Abreu's back, right? G. Juan Bay threw Jolks's, uh, Jolksy's ball back into the dugout for him. So. Yeah. Yeah. He, so he just hits walk-off bombs. And then gives a guy then, a home run does, for his, his the, first walk, his first bomb. Does the correct thing. Jolksy! Yeah. Yeah, did you say Abreu's back? Can we confirm? Appar- uh, well, listen, he had a one game where he didn't get a hit. To Listen. A double should have been a home run, dude. Yeah, I can't believe it. You know what? It sucks. Warning track power. <laughs> Yeah, warning track power for a break. I like how you go. Not enough power. I like how you go. Power outage, hitting surge. Yeah, because of a power surge, Ryan. (laughs) Don't you (laughs) think? It's funny when he explained it. (laughs) You know what? Can we get a T-shirt from Apollo Twelve? A Brayu power surge. 
Yeah, you keep calling him Apollo 12. I feel like it's an insult. Isn't 11 the big mission in that? Yes, that's why you're the biggest thing since then. See, that's my compliment. See, I got it. Typical fan. Right, I got it. Looks looks for the negative. Looks for the negative, right? D- yep. Did you just go Houston? We have a problem. Have you ever heard That's that before? That's never, never. That's a first. Never heard that one. I think we ripped on it the other day, and I was getting on the elevator to leave the office, and it was on ESPN for like the Texans or something. It was like Houston. We have a problem. Could you, the there's got here. to be more creativity about this city when, when they talk about this city, right? This nationally, original. Yeah. Way to go. Thanks for stepping and thinking outside the box, you clowns. It's original. Anyway. Apollo 12. You'd get it, see? It's like, it. it. it's yes. like the, yeah. we, we stepped You're our fine. game. Yeah. Yeah. The next best thing, right? Right. They walk on the moon, you guys are on the stars. Bingo. See? I go. I give big ups and he tries to Jokes! He tries to bring you down. He does. Yeah, man. He what just tries to kill. Can't stand that guy. Who, Jolksy? <laughs> no, that Me? guy is bringing you down. Yeah. Hey. Yeah. So, man, I gotta, you know, are you ever gonna give me I mean, I, g- I gave you like 400 t-shirt suggestions. Don't you have pull? I'm going to Apollo HQ today. So. Do you have pull? Quit calling it the HQ. It is the HQ, though. That's <laughs> what we go with. Going to HQ, baby. I'm going to sign a long-term deal with the with Apollo 12. Come on with it. Yeah. <laughs> Why not? I mean, hey, listen. We're I, all off the red carpet. Uh, what, what, what do you want me to do, dude? I've, I I mean, how, what do I got to do? I, do you want it written on paper? Uh, a napkin. Yeah, we can do paper. That's paper how towel. deals are done. Exactly. My, I'm going to write mine on a, on a paper towel. In today's day and age, absolutely. Yeah. So, um, Apollo 12, mm-hmm. uh, T-shirts. We, this show's got to have some T-shirts. I've got, got some ideas. I've had yeah, some mock-ups for us. There are other... Coffee cups, everything. There are other shows on our lineup that have their own shirts. we got to get ours. We're going to get ours, and it's going to be rampant, regular. Not only that, coffee cups. We're not doing... What are the things that keep a drink warm? Or cold. The koozies? Yeah, we're not doing the koozies. No. That's that, that, koozie? No. Okay. T-shirts, hats. What about with And my coffee beer? cups with our with the with the picture on it. Okay. I got those Yetis. Free coffee. I'm t- oh, t- yeah. I'm, Tumblers. I've already started the process. Okay. But I don't know. Do I go to, you know, for the, my T-shirts, do I go to a better place? Mm-hmm. Sean. Why, don't jump into the Rhino it, category. Ryan, I mean, I look at Ryan, Ryan, don't you know some T-shirt no, people? No. Not anymore. Oh, they left you. Well, I left them. From, from, uh, you know. I got this. Okay. Yeah, Sean's got I can ask some peeps. Yeah, I, we, I know peeps. We got yeah. peeps in places. I can. Do you call him Joe or Jose or Keedy? Joe. Joe or Keedy. Six Joe. innings. Only gave up two hits. No runs. Three walks. Two Ks. Mm. Love Joe. That's the outing you needed. Jose's really... You know what? You know what's incredible? Living a little more outside. Not feasting on fastballs inside the strike zone. Him where he lives, right? Saw the pitch... The pitch uh, circle, where you know the the, the pie mm-hmm. on the broadcast of, of pitches he's gone. You know, he's adding more to the pie chart, right? But the pitch is the way its percentage broke up and throwing a lot more two seamers and staying away from what pitch was it? He oh the cutter, yeah, because it quit, he tried it, but it just wasn't for him in twenty twenty two. Matter of fact, completely staying away from it, but doing some other good things. And he's so accurate around the strike zone. I mean, commands it. That if he can live outside of it a little bit, he's, he can be down three and one account and still get guys out because he, he's he's a strike. You know what he is? He's a he's the equi- he's a Drew Brees. Yeah, he's accurate around the strike zone. Every, he's an aim small, miss small guy. The problem is if you aim small and miss small with the wrong pitch, those guys deposit it. But he when when the season's done, you know what you're going to be saying about Urquidy, Mister Just Consistent, another good year, Mister Consistent in the, in the teens and wins. And just a guy you got to have who's who doesn't ever seem to be rattled. So. Um, Good win yesterday. Don't panic. Things are fine. 
Look at the numbers from last year to this year. If you're only concerned about numbers, I'm concerned about wins and losses. Now, unless there's a trend where all of a sudden Bregman strikes out 180 times, that'll bother me. Guess what's not going to happen? Bregman striking out 180 times, right? Yeah, he's not going to strike out 180 times. But he damn well walk 100. Okay, he had so two more walks yesterday. That's what I'm saying. So it's it's going to be okay, but the tendency for all of us is to roll into the frustration mode. But it is they'll be they start winning series, and the next thing you win two or three series, and all is good. So I'll take it. It's such a bad cliche, but you do got to win today against. I mean, it's tomorrow because they got like eight straight Thursdays off. Yeah. So go take care of the Rangers in the division, and jump yourself right back into where you need to be. You see uh, Corey Seager IL four weeks. Yeah, that, strain hamstring. W- welcome Hammy. to w- welcome to Houston. We know what that's like with some a little injury right now, and we're going to find out if they can overcome that big bat in their lineup. Yeah, that's uh, that's going to be a, a damper on that lineup for the Rangers. Rangers have been playing well. They're they're uh, coming into town tomorrow to take on the Astros. Forrest Whitley down in AAA through again. Wit wit pitched. You going wit wit? Yeah, that's right. Big wit. Yep. Big wit. We'll take a look at his line next on Sports Talk 790. com. You say, Sean, what is it? Well, you know what it is. It's your local trusted fiduciary that's here to help you with your portfolio and your money to customize it for you. We are at a time when the volatility of a stock market and with the way things have gone over the last couple of years, if you were close to retirement, you might have to re, redo your thing. That's why Trajan Wealth is around to help you. If you're a ways away from it, why not prepare? Proper preparation in mind prevents poor performance. For Trajan Wealth, proper planning, the five Ps, prevents poor performance. And that's we can apply that to life. So take the steps necessary. Find a trusted and local fiduciary that has your best interests in mind, that they are transparent, they communicate, and you know exactly what you're getting because they're data-driven and they're experts at what they do and experienced local veteran led by Jeff Jr. It's Trajan Wealth. Five Ps, proper planning, prevents poor performance, can smooth out the road and take away the bumps along the line because you want to enjoy the journey, don't you? And Trajan Wealth can help you enjoy it. Trust, they'll get close to you because they want to make sure they know exactly what you want and what your risk tolerance is. Let's overcome those bumps in the road. Trajan Wealth can help. TrajanWealth.com, 346-371-3330 for your free um, consultation, your free review. 346-371-3330, TrajanWealth.com in the Woodlands and Sugarland. Financial advisory services offered through Trajan Wealth, LLC, and SEC Registered Investment Advisor paid advertisement. Sean Salisbury. Brian LaLima, the all-new Sean Salisbury Show. Let's do it. Now with three new flavors. It was exciting. What else do I have going on? On Sports Talk 790. Here comes the hot step up. I'm the lyrical gangster. Big up the crew in the area. Is it Throwback Thursday? Yeah. No, but you really like you really like to jump into people's grill early with the voice box, don't you? Yeah, I do. They're they're grabbing their coffee. And you when you sing, they're, give me that like that first light. Yeah. Hey, when you yell, here comes a hot step, a word or up, and that guy's got his coffee. And he's uh-huh. like, yeah, exactly. Sings all over. Yeah. Name another name another radio show that's doing that at six thirty five in the morning. Name no another radio, radio show that's doing show. it at four, Bingo. at eight, at one, at two, overnight. 
No radio show yells out their bump music. Dude. Ever. Ever. Well, nobody, nobody, nobody. They're weak. No, nobody brings bass like Rhino does. <laughs> I know. Baritone. The 808s. Yeah. I mean, it's been a good run. It has. For Rhino. What Astros with the day off today. Rhino, go get a, go get, go ask for a pay raise. Hey, You've earned it. Astros have a day off? I'm yeah, going to do. the day off. Rockets interviewed Frank Vogel for their head coaching vacancy yesterday. Not, not to be confused with Vogelbach. Right. Daniel. He's playing. Right. Danny, Danny. I call him Danny. Not to be confused with Danny Dimes of the New York Giants. The uh, Cardinals getting called to be about confused the with the dime pick. bag. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, there's a lot of confused. Tell him, Rhino, give me a laugh. <laughs> there's a lot of confused people out there. Yeah, there is. Uh, there oh, is. There hell. is. You know who's not confused? Me. Yeah, I'm confused. You are? No, I guess. Well. <laughs> you need some help? Or? Well, not to be confused with this guy, but not to be confused with that guy. But okay. also, don't get it mixed up with a dime bag, apparently. Yeah, yeah. That's that's how we do it. Yeah. So uh, make, sure, make sure make uh, sure um, you figure it out. Forrest Whitley, four innings pitched, one hit, no runs, two walks, 7K. His uh, sinker got up to 97 miles an hour. His slider, 95. Dude, how can you throw a 97-mile-an-hour sinker? <laughs> In truth, how? Come on, it's absurd. It is. Okay, we're still bumping, baby. We are bumping on a Thursday. We've got a lot of bass and some thump in there, as we like to call it. Ninety-seven mile an hour sinker, spicy. There's guys that can't ramp up the, the four seam fastball at ninety-seven. A lot of them. Come on, now. You see, so it looks like velo in yep. a lot of different things. So when you throw, and my favorites when they say. Guy pumps up there a, a circle change at 92. What would you just say? A circle change at 92? Which is actually... You know, what else, actually you know what else they're doing when they circle around when a guy throws a 92-mile-an-hour change and falls off the table? The circle in the wagons? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Chris Berman circled the damn wagons. There you go. That's what the Astros are doing right yeah. now. Circle them. Good for Witwit. I hope that he has this type of success in major leagues because guess what? He's coming. We can. You have to find out. We can only judge off of how many outings he's had. Correct. That's all you can do. Well, he's had two outings. You've been judging him on phenomenal. the past, and it hadn't been good. So now yeah. you can judge him on the two, the last two appearances. Been pretty solid. Good for him. Yeah. So, I just man, when I look at these numbers, ninety-seven and ninety-five, two different pitches, four innings, only gave up one hit, two walks, seven strikeouts. We're going to see Forrest Whitley at some point if he continues to pitch like this. Start to wonder where that inner confidence is starting to rise to, right? Sound, I bet you he's starting to feel pretty good about himself. I would say and so. And I mean in a good way. Right. Not, not feel himself, but feel good about himself, right? right? Hopefully he stays healthy, continues to pitch well. Let's, uh, uh, Ryan, let's go to you real quick. You go ahead. Just Yeah, yeah there, no, you got it? You got it? <laughs> go ahead. What's up? Okay. Do you think Forrest Whitley will make his Major League debut this season? Oh, yeah, definitely. I, th- I you think do. he will because it sounds like he's pitching well based on what you've talked about with the AAA numbers. And then not that our rotation's been bad, but it hasn't been great. So I think there's an opportunity just like Hunter Brown last year. I don't know if it'll take as long as it took Hunter Brown so to you get w- up here. you want Framber Valdez sent down? No, yeah, well, obviously, he's the worst. Uh, no, not He's going to pitch in a major league game before the All-Star break. You think? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. And again, and that may be in relief or what? It may be starting out in relief where he's yeah. comes in and gets two innings. He's going to pitch in a major league game in 2023, and I believe it's before late July or middle of July. Usually, what July 8th or 12th or mm-hmm. something is the All Star game. Yep. I, I would imagine that if this success continues, which I hopefully it will, 
Don't you got to test him at the next level? Yes. To see where he is? Because if he has a little bit of success there, you're like, oh, what a good problem to have. At some point, he's going to pitch his way out of AAA. So. Right. right. And then he's going to pitch his way in. And the question is, does he stay in? So July, let's see, July 11th for the All-Star game up in Seattle. Yeah, I mean, you don't think maybe over some time over this, like maybe during those summer months, you know, maybe to save the bullpen a little, you can pick oh, yeah. start him with Hunter Brown or Luis Garcia, something yes. like at that. At some or, point, two or absolutely. three guys, at some point, a couple guys, whether it's arm fatigue or just giving them rest, are going to miss a couple starts or yeah, one. that too. You yeah. hope that that's never the case, but it's, it's dude, that's just... Regardless of who it is, even if it's one start, because a little fatigue, then it'll happen. Yeah, or when and if LMG right. comes back, maybe he piggybacks with him, or just yeah. There, there's a lot of options, so no doubt about it. Yeah, I look, uh, I look forward to uh, seeing Forrest Willie make his way up to the big league level. If he continues to pitch like this, uh, Mauricio Dubon, six game road trip, he hit four seventy six, ten hits, six runs, three doubles, two RBI. <laughs> Dubin. <laughs> What are you going to say, dude? Other than, I, I, what do they uh, take? Not only don't tip the cap, take it all off and wave it at him. Congrats! It's been a hell of a start. It's amazing. I think Dusty. Do you think Dusty has an idea? He's got a, a better so, idea than okay. me. How many people dogged him for playing Dubon? A lot. How many? Ninety-eight percent of the. How fan many people base? are? How many people are complimenting him for playing Dubon? Two percent. Your ass. Right now, after the fact. Or before, but even even then, some are yeah. still reluctant to say, "Well, they're they're waiting oh, for no, the no. other we shoe saw, to fall um, off." Right? Uh, one of our followers, uh, what's his name? Uh, his name was the Raven. No, 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 no. Dream no. Apple. Uh, no, no, no. Ra- uh, no, I think uh, Raven actually was back in all four. Yeah, saying, no, he was, and he was all Ramrod, about Dusty, no. something Ramrod, something like that. Uh, our, yeah, he's a good follower too. That's what he, I'm saying. He's a good he, Twitter follower. But uh, I'm gonna find it. I'm was it saying it. it's still early yet? Type yeah, of thing? something yeah, like that. And it we is. Had a few comments across our social media platforms at Sports Talk 790 when we posted that Dubon thing. Yeah, here say it is. It was a little too early. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Here we go. So well, Raven, this was a couple of days ago. Raven said, "I wanted Hensley. I'll admit it. I wanted Dubon released. I'll happily take the L on that one because we were talking about right. the L, right? Yep. So the real Ramrod, Ram underscore Rod, who's a really said, good listener, of right? Ours. That's what I'm saying. He he's always been, you know, he right. interacts with us. One game. A Dubon doesn't make. He's been a no stick. At, what? One yeah. game a Dubon doesn't make. He's been a no stick ever since he's been an Astro. Okay. I'll give him through the summer for a sign. Right, but uh, th- but we didn't say that he was going to be a star through. So we'll say if he can sustain it. Right. We simply said, if you can criticize him coming out of spring training and say he shouldn't be in the starting lineup. He does now. Listen, you may not be complimenting him the whole year, but why not take advantage of the time to compliment a guy who, for the first twelve games, has been the best hitter on the team? Mm-hmm. If not, well, let me put it this: way, the most consistent hitter on the team, average-wise, especially for a guy that people thought was going to be platooning every day. He's your regular second baseman until Altuve gets back, and he's earned it. So, yes, we're not saying that this is going to be a star. We're saying we take the L for twelve games in. Most of the fans in this city do, and if you're if you. Uh, said you were all on Dubon, you're 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 more than more than likely lying to us because we can raise our hands. So that's to me, it's okay to compliment ah. because it comes in bunches and and you know in moments. Sports are in moments, so I'm not going to miss the opportunity to raise my hand and say we were wrong. Dusty got right. this one right at least for the first twelve or thirteen games. And then on our video that we posted uh, where we say we took the L and we had it wrong on Dubon for the first couple of games in the season, uh, he also responded, "For now, two weeks doesn't make a season. No, but I know. you can only judge on the two weeks, right? But I, I can guarantee you this: while he's saying two weeks, and he's like I said, he's one of our good listeners." is and he interacts is if you can criticize after two weeks 
bad, why can't you compliment good? Right. It's just the body of work we've seen so far, and Dubon deserves credit. I got something in my craw. Yeah? And it's not local. Okay. But it's not far away. Okay. And he's never going to sustain greatness over the course of his career. I'm just going to tell you this right now, because he couldn't be softer than bathroom tissue. And who, Wet bathroom tissue. Who is Sean talking about? We'll talk about it, discuss it, and we'll have... Uh, We'll have a little, uh, what is it, a little mini, mini rath? rath? Yeah, mini rath. Rath. it's a trifecta wrath because yeah. all of us are going oh, yeah. to look. I mean, this he listen, and he's so supremely gifted. Listen, dude, yep. you, 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 could, he, you could throw you, the basketball. I mean, well, that'll yeah. give you your hint right there. I'll leave it at that. Who's Sean now. talking about? That's next, Sports Talk 790. Hey, I only get my hair cut at V's Barbershop. I had a guy contact me after he saw the picture and heard what I said about V's Barbershop, saying that's the best-looking barbershop I've ever seen. And it is, but it's got the old-school mix with some new amenities. You can grab a drink, have a cocktail, you adults, while you're sitting there. Cold beer, should I say. Get your hair cut. Watch TV while you're getting your hair cut. And get yourself a little neck and scalp massage while you're waiting. All that in that chair, it's the best. And the old school straight razor shave. Well, listen, V's Barbershop's, V's, as in victory, has been, uh, V's Barbershop's been in Houston for almost 15 years, and they're now five locations. Visit the newest location in the Ellison development in North Katy near Cyprus. All the locations are highly rated on Google and have the experience to make you look your best. Old school barber chairs, which I love. The old-fashioned hot lather straight razor shaves, which is off the charts. That's the best way to get a shave, fellas. And the relaxing head and neck massages while you're in that chair. V's Barbershop sets the standard for barbershops, and it's reasonable. You're going to go in and pay it at some other place where you may get a crooked haircut and not like it. Not here. Plus, you walk out feeling good. You had a little cold drink. Got neck massage and got that beautiful smell of the old school, right? The old school barbershop. V's Barbershop is not a pop-up shop. Brand this V's brand's been around since 1999 and continues to uh, redefine itself. Again, the five locations, the classic look, great cut, beard trim, or hot lather shave. Four days ago, I went in and got mine, and I never, ever will go anywhere else but to V's, even if I have to wait an extra day because they're busy that day. Yep. But they are awesome, and you will not be disappointed. Listen, we will always offer 20% discounts for military and first responders at V's Barbershop. We care. They care. There is no better haircut. Of those five locations, get it on now. It's the best. V's Barbershop, the only barbershop to get everything you need and the full service with the haircut, the neck massage, and feeling great when you walk away and after a cold drink. V's Barbershop. Again. Do it again. And back again to talk about it. Sean Salzberg on your home of the champs. Houston proud and Houston strong. Sports Talk with a day off today. We'll have the general manager, downtown Dana Brown. What's up, downtown? Joining the show at 930. 
Hey, we're willing to adjust to whatever he needs. Yeah, be great nine, to talk to him. Nine thirty this morning. Is this Mariah Carey? It is indeed. That's what they call her. It is nice. Yeah, I look forward to Dana Brown at nine thirty. Yeah, always. Rockets interviewed Frank Vogel. Uh, the Raptors lost last night. They so did. their season is done. Blue could nineteen point lead. Could Nick Nurse become available? The uh, Rockets will be heavily interested. In Nick Nurse. Cardinals getting calls about the number three pick. Ian Rappaport talking about the Texans could possibly move from 12 to 3. We're going to, excuse me, we're going to dig into that. And look. That's what I've said. There's a possibility you go quarterback and edge rusher in the first two picks. I heard it again. Two and three. Yesterday afternoon, more reports of the Texans and Nick Casario parting ways after the draft. So that we'll dig into that as well. Well, if they gave if Belichick gave Casario more power, let's say to leave and go back to New England, would you leave? Uh, Fear yeah, him? Probably, yeah. That's also a rumor is that he could be going back to New England, right? So we'll see. We'll Interesting. See. So what's in your craw, Sean? Who are you talking about? Who's soft? Yeah, what's your deal? Yeah, what's your deal, for dude? For a guy so talented, uh huh, and so big. Do you have a quote up? I'm going to pull it up. I'm just going to tell you now. If you're counting on, and he'll talk in the third person, he'll call himself Zion in an interview. Now I, I got it here. I think he seems like a nice guy. Had was a is a hell of a player, a hell of a player. But talent gets you to a point, and the ability to, as he says, I, when I, I got a, I got a what feel like Zion. I, you'll you'll read it. Yep. There could be. Listen, he'll be in between Sam Bowie. And and Anthony Davis, always ten out. It's not fair to put him. He's already, I mean, better than Bowie was. Now Sam Bowie was a hell of a college player. Just never worked out because his feet weren't good. He's always he'll never play a full season. And if it's on the cusp, they need. I mean, how do you take these time off when you're physically was, pronounced fit and ready to go? He was in the layup line last night, dunking, laying it up, doing everything, and did not play. And they lost by five. You want I, to- I'm going to tell you something right now. And he's worth more than five points difference in a game. You want me to read the quote? Like, yes. He, to me, <laughs> this is what we've created now. And I will, well, Sean, he's more talented. I don't care. Yes, he's extremely gifted. This point, the, the, this approach, he ain't ever playing a full season. We'll always say, man, could you imagine if he was healthy or was tougher than he, than at least he appears to be mentally? This is pathetic. He he was asked when he would be ready to play, and he said, physically, I'm fine. Now it's just a matter of when I feel like Zion. I understand the magnitude of these games coming up, and I don't want to be out there hesitating or doing something that may affect my team in a bad way. How does a superstar that's pronounced physically fit, oh, and as he put it, Zion, calling himself Zion. Let somebody else call you that. You're not Bo Jackson yet. Slow your roll, yeah. okay? You're a great talent. you got to urinate a few more drops in this league before. And he's an MVP-type player. He's never going to win it because he's not going to play enough. Can you imagine your team needing you? You're physically ready to go, and you just... Oh, but you remember, we're not allowed to criticize somebody who emotionally and mentally just doesn't feel into it right now. That's BS. Well, and oh, you're, da- we're not, uh, yeah, you're damn right we are. Here's my yeah. favorite part of the quote. That's society, though. It's pathetic. Right. 
I understand the magnitude of these games coming up, and I don't want to be out there hesitating. Well, guess what, dude? You had one game, it's over, you lost, your team's out, so now you're not going to play. Yeah, right. And and if why not give it a shot? If you did understand the magnitude of the game, you would be out there. How about this? Yeah, he doesn't understand the magnitude no, of it. How, how about this? How about go out and play, and if you're hurting your team, let the coach make the decision on, Take you know, how you out. feeling, dude? we got to pull you out. Right. You don't look the, the right guy. Well, I'm good physically, coach. So basically, you're just saying... You're not mentally tough enough to go help your team through a game? Yeah. Through a game? One and that's game. our big fearless leader who calls himself Zion in the third person? Save it. And I got no, listen, I got nothing against that. I don't know him from Adam other than watching him play basketball. I've said it before on this show. Every year. Hurt. He'll come back. Dude, he, he will shoot it. He will dominate your ass. The problem is he's not going to do it for 82 games into the playoffs. That, this, and you know what? With the, here's the great thing. Well, if I'm not really, I don't want to hurt my team because I'm hesitant, but I'm physically healthy. If that was Ben Simmons, what would everybody be doing right now? Oh, they'd be roasting They'd crush There's him. no difference other than Zion's a hundred times better player. Yep. Which means he should play more. Right. I can win they without would, Ben Simmons. They would crush I'm him. I'm not winning without Zion for very much on that team because he's so good. So there is no difference. And guess what they boy And guess what? Isn't Ben Simmons left-handed? He is, yeah. What's Zion? Left-handed. Yeah, and, and didn't mean anything, but just but figured I'd throw, throw it in there. there. It's comparison. There's nothing wrong with left-handers, but, I, I, you know, I'm just being a smart-ass. Yeah. But uh, if, if we're going to call ourselves Zion, then I can compare one left-handed to the other. What's the difference? If that was Ben Simmons, let's say he made the comeback and started playing and then was, was an all-star, and then they were getting ready and that, and he, and he yeah, I'm, I'm not feeling it again. I'm physically fit, but I just... And you know what happens is when they say that and you criticize them, well, you don't know what he's mentally going through. That you're you're the heel now, right? Right. But I don't care because I've seen this movie before. It was yeah, yeah. Hey, hurt. You know, can't do it. Uh, I understand if he's physically or isn't feeling it physically. Eighty percent. You don't want to risk a future. I get it. But if you say you're physically fine, please don't come at me and tell me you understand the magnitude of the game because, hey, I got to get Zion. I, I'm just, I don't want to hurt my team. You hurt your team by standing, you lost by five. That, that could have been a big difference in a game. There's no difference other than he's a better player. If this was Ben Simmons, we would be, he'd be the lead on SportsCenter. He'd be the lead on these get-up shows. He'd be the lead on Fox. He'd be the lead everywhere. And in Philly or in New Orleans, they'd be crushing him. And he's an LSU guy. But it's Zion Williamson. Why? Because he's so talented, he's above criticism. Screw that. This will be his career. Excuse-laden, talented through the roof, making all-star teams, but never giving you 80 games. I'm 90%, I'm 90% out on him. If he does not start opening day of the upcoming season, I'm 100% out, and he'll never be on the court long enough to make a difference. And I heard, I know we got to get the break. I heard a stat this morning that I think you guys are going to love. Guy talking about why Mike, why he thinks Michael Jordan is the GOAT. Michael Jordan, over his 15 years playing basketball, obviously he had some retirements in there. Nine seasons of 82 games, 11 seasons, actually 12 seasons if you count 78 or more. So he played nine full seasons, and then he had like three or four seasons of 78 or more games. And the game was more physical then. It was. They banged you, and they they allowed it to be Rick Mahorns, and and they allowed it to. And then Charles Oakley's beating you up, right? At the age of 39, in 2002 and 2003, he played 82 games, according to basketball reference. At the age of 39. Can you imagine Kobe Bryant waltzing up and saying, listen, I'm physically 100%. I'm, I'm, I'm good to go. But Kobe doesn't feel, I just don't want to hurt my team. What? What? 
Dude, you're what? our best player. You're only going to help us. <laughs> you understand the magnitude of the game? Dude, even just your presence on the court frees up other people. Right. Yep. Frees up other people to get shots. He's not a selfish player either. If other guys are open, he'll pass it. That's and right. You know what? And well, this if, is this is weak. And if you're if he's wor- so worried about hesitating, then don't worry about scoring. Go grab 15 rebounds. Well, what? go get physical down on the low block. Zion, Zion, go do something. Zion doesn't want to slow the game up. What a bum, he doesn't dude. want to get in his teammates. I don't want to be hesitant. What a bitch. But he sure is okay. He's not hesitant to take the time off, right? Yeah. yeah weak. Not. Friggin' weak. Astros, six and seven on the season. Let's take a look back at this time last year and compare the numbers on Sports Talk 790. Welcome into the Sean Salisbury Show here on Sports Talk 790. Sean Salisbury, Brian Lima, Ryan Money. You can also listen to us on the free iHeartRadio app. The Astros with a day off. We're going to have the general manager of the Astros, Dana Brown, join the show at 930. They won their first series of the season. Forrest Whitley pitched well again in AAA last night. The Rockets interviewed Frank Vogel for their head coaching vacancy. Reports of the Houston Texans potentially moving up from their 12th pick to maybe the number three. We'll dig into that later on in the show. Uh, Sean Ryan, the Astros, six and seven this season. How do you feel after their first series win? Well, it's a series win. Uh, Against a team that was playing really good baseball. Yeah. I I feel, listen, I, you know how I, 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 you're going to lose 60 or more. Mm -hmm. I'll always say it. I feel I feel better. It's not even the the fact that now winning. Obviously, you want the W and winning a series. That's a, you win series. You go back and look at how many series they won last year. You'll be it's phenomenal. What I like is the things I've seen. Remember we talk about the other guy. We said at the beginning of the season, how's the other guy going to play? Meaning, Dubon, yep, McCormick, guys that weren't supposed to be your star. And right now, one at the top of the orders doing a great job, and Dubon is hitting the ball at a great clip every single game. Abreu, a newcomer, has hit in every game but one. So you and, and, and doubled, got a couple hits. So for me, the wins are going to come just pure natural. They're going to win 90 just by being who they are. Right. They're going to win 100 if they're healthy, get back, and, they, and, and you, know, you get the other guys. I know Jordan's going to hit. I know Kyle Tucker's going to get his. Bregman eventually is, is, is going to get his, and he's starting to get his. Last year, other guys did it. Javier, the bullpen, um, Jeremy Pena. Because remember, he was, an, he was the other guy when he started. And so I believe, I'm a big believer in while stars carry you and you need them in the most critical and uh, pressure of times, in order to get there, your team is usually made up with non-stars. And very few teams, Atlanta, this one, Podge, have seven stars and five guys who can be an MVP. Yeah. But when you got a, like in basketball, well, you've got to have the star. But if you got three guys coming off the bench who give you great minutes and two stars in your starting lineup, you've got a real chance if you're healthy. 
And so, to me, the wins matter. I know they're going to come. And they're gonna, while Pittsburgh's playing good baseball, the Astros are going to win the majority of their series this year. May have, it hasn't started that way. But it's the things inside those stories, that, uh, inside the wins and losses, that give you, to me, great hope. The guys who weren't supposed to, or we didn't consider going to produce on a daily basis, people questioned if Abreu still had it. Did they not? Yeah. Give him the contract. Well, he was the MVP, but they started the power numbers and things. They only had 15 bombs last year. We're losing defense at first base. Look what he's doing. Dubon shouldn't start. Look what he's doing. McCormick, well, he got it. Oh, then they start Jake Myers. McCormick comes back. Not only is he starting, he moved into the leadoff spot, and he's producing. Pena out. Pena's uh, starting to do he's his thing. He's had better, better at, at bats. bats. Right. Yeah. So you take a look around. Jolks, homers. Think about some of the other guys who are contributing as well. Jolks, you've had uh, you've you've had a, Diaz had some early season at bats. You're giving Maldonado's getting regular rest, right? Mm-hmm. It, it, it at least it feels that way. They're giving him some rest. So to me, the other guys are playing some pretty good ball, which uh, matters. And you still haven't got your best from Christian Javier. He, he things will be fine. Presley, you know his velocity will continue to elevate as the season goes on. We're still in spring training mode for some. So that's the way I feel about this. I don't. The wins will come. It's the hidden gems inside the wins that I know. Now, when the season's all said and done, will Jordan be an MVP candidate? I can guarantee, as long as yeah. he's healthy, I can guarantee it. Mm-hmm. I can't guarantee DeBond's going to do this, but I'll tell you what, he sniffs, he keeps doing something like this until Altuve gets back. You're going to have to find a place to put him. So the, it's the hidden things inside the wins and losses yeah. that matter to me. So speaking of the wins and losses, they're six and seven uh, through 13 games last year. They were six and seven. In twenty twenty two, they scored forty four runs. This is through the first thirteen games. Forty four runs scored, fifty two runs allowed, a team average of two hundred, team home runs of fourteen. In twenty twenty three, so far, they've scored sixty six runs. They've allowed fifty three. They have a team average of two fifty six, and they hit fourteen home runs. Numbers aren't much different, and in some cases, better. <laughs> And the wins and losses are fairly similar. They have, they have not started fast the last couple of years. Uh, through 22 games last year, they went 11, 11. and 11. Mm-hmm. 500. It's going to be okay. So, yeah, yeah, I think it's going to so, be all right. But I don't, I don't know how many people are panicking anyway, but the, the criticism, which we're all critical of certain things, uh, they're not – actually, they're scoring more runs this year than last year. Right. Better average, too. Yeah. Let's go to uh, Brad. Wants to talk about the Astros pitching. What's up, Brad? Hey, what's up, guys? Hey, Sean. Real quick, just wanna just wanna run it by you. I totally agree. We're scoring more runs, but I think we're missing that that presence of uh, pitching staff as far as like Verlander. I mean, it was almost worth going out and getting a guy like that and keeping him, not getting him, but keeping him to where he could just calm that staff down. Brad, uh, would you would you have overpaid to keep him? Would you have paid? Would you, would you would you have done absolutely. what the Mets did? You would have absolutely. Okay. Absolutely, yeah. Just just because it's, it's it's that locker room presence. It's almost like you're. you're over, did we did we not overpay Brantley? Honestly, let's, I mean, let's go back and think about that. I mean, I remember back in September, people were talking about do not bring Brantley back because he might not be ready for the season. And guess what? Right. The guy that was talking about his sports writer, uh, you probably know him. I can't remember his name. He's sitting back going, "Wow." I mean, this guy was Nostradamus. He he knew what was going on. Uh, I just think you just miss that presence. Don't get me wrong; these guys have been there. 
But I also think that they're also really, really young. And Brad, you know what's crazy? It's not just the presence. Yeah. Now he, he's he's banged up now, but when he was here, it's also it's the Cy Young winner. So it's also his performance too, right? You're getting you're getting a bit yeah, of both. Yeah. So yeah, and, and it's revisionist history. You're gonna say, well, hey man, let's go back. We should have. And looking at it now, you say, I'd love to have him, but we're still early. I'm anxious to see how over the long haul. They do. They do without Verlander here, but there's no doubt the pre, you don't lose the Cy Young winner and all of a sudden just right. automatically become better. Everybody else has to raise their game even better than they did, right. and that's going to take like a minute. Yeah, it was almost like they were competing against him. Yeah, that, that, that's the that's the vibe I got from this pitching staff. It was almost like you know what you are. You are the bad. You know they always they almost wanted to go prove themselves to him. And Makes maybe sense. I'm wrong with it. Maybe, maybe I put him on a pedestal that we shouldn't, but I'm almost getting there to where is he a Nolan Ryan type guy? Brad, let me Brad, let me play devil's advocate here real quick for you. You talk about who's who who are you concerned about being young? The pitching staff? Yes. But look yes. at how many big games this whole entire staff. Urquidy, World Series, played in three of them. Christian Javier, oh. been there, done that. Same with Framber Valdez. Luis Garcia pitched in big games. The only one that's young is Hunter Brown. I get the presence. You're of, talking about of, young experience. Yes, I, I get the I get the presence that Justin Verlander has. But now it's like I, I compare it to college. Like let's say you're a you've got a, a damn good junior on your team, and then he eventually he's got to graduate, right? So what do you do? Next guy's got to step up, and next guy's got to fill that role. And people would be complaining right now if we kept Verlander and say, we I, overpaid, overpaid him, he's hurt. Overpaid, right? right? But Brad makes a good point. Yeah, I, the, no, I get presence. what he's saying. Yeah, right. And so do you. you yeah. both, it's both valid, for sure. <clears throat> yeah, Brad, that's all. I was but, just but, trying to do a different but, spin on it. But who, knows, but who knows how they – I mean, he's hurt. I get that. But still, having him in that locker room. Right. Having him in uh, – heck, when he was hurt with that one – when we made the run with him against the Nationals, he was hurt, but it, just having him in that locker room. Just, just having him there. I mean, same thing with Altuve. Just having him there. Who was in the Who was in the locker room? You're talking about Verlander. Oh, when Verlander was hurt in rehabbing, he wasn't around the team at all. Yeah, like he didn't show up. Right. I mean, he was there, kind of, you know, under the radar. He was there. the fact that I he mean, was under you know, contract. Is he? He wasn't yeah. hanging around the clubhouses. Right. No, he, he even said it. He, he yeah, stayed he, away. He yeah. stayed away the entire season. Yeah, but I, I, Brad, you, great point. Thanks for the call. You, it's 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 a very it's a very valid point. There's no doubt, and so is yours about. Part of the being a great team is when a guy like that leaves, Carlos Correa. How's yeah. Pena do? Yeah. Because you lose that great leadership. So Brad makes a valid point, but yours is valid, too. Listen, I ain't got time to bleed, dude. Right. I know That's he's good. not here, but I still got to step up yeah. and do it. And we're going to find out over the long haul who that next guy is. Right. Is it Fromber? Whether it's voice box and, and loud and, and energetic or just by... Performance. Or That's what your example is. The cool, calm, collected guy. That's just like Javier, who doesn't say yeah, anything. Exactly. Right? At least who doesn't look like he right. says much. Or right. these guys have a, a presence about them, and that's been the biggest thing for them, yeah. aside from talent, for presence, the last six years. Their the presence. quiet presence that no, I was no doubt. Yeah, we'll go to the stakeout next on Sports Talk Seven Nine Men's Tea Clinic. Guys, give yourself permission to get back to being you, physically, mentally, emotionally, and being up for the gym, the big pitch, coaching your son or daughter's team, a golf trip with the fellas, and connecting with her. You should not be a resolution guy. Resolutions come and go. Commitments and lifestyle changes don't. They, quite frankly, it's kind of like excellence. It can be permanent if you're committed to it. It can be tough to take the first step, the lost energy, the the drive, the focus, the mood when you aren't feeling like yourself. I get it. That was me before I found men's health uh, pros and my total wellness uh, optimization team at Men's Tea Clinic. Don't ignore the signs of what could be low T. Make 2023 the year of me, which is the year of you. 
the year you finally say yes to optimizing your tea. Join me and thousands and thousands and people talk to me all the time about what it does. It's non-invasive. Draw a little blood and let's get to testing to make sure low testosterone doesn't get in your way. Um, and so you can trust the team at Men's Tea Clinic to quickly, safely, and effectively optimize your T levels and get them back uh, to normal with testosterone replacement therapy and more. There's five convenient locations, and uh, we talk about all the time where you can find those, and they're in the Heights, Cypress, Pearland, Pasadena, and Spring. I visit the, the uh, Heights location, and if you're sick of being stuck in low gear like I was, you can change it. Stop it. Better home life, happy mama means happy life all the way around. Go to Men's Tea Clinic, get that optimization team working for you. Make 2023 your best year ever. You do not have to settle for low testosterone. So don't. Mensteaclinic.com, mensteaclinic.com, or 972-GO-MENS-TEA. I'm a dollar fan. Back to the Sean Salisbury Show. Sean, what are you hearing out there? Now, the Salisbury Stakeout. Salisbury Stakeout on the Sean Salisbury Show. That's right. It's time for the Stakeout here on the Sean Salisbury Show. Sean Salisbury, Brian LaLima, and Ryan Money. Astros got their first series win on the year, defeating the Pirates yesterday with a final score of 7-0. to Rockets continuing to look at head coaching candidates. Do people stay seven to zero still? Seven zip. Seven zip. Seven nothing. Seven, seven nothing. nothing. Seven zero. I think. I, I think it's right. No, I'm just asking. It's kind of like. Do you ever put the? Have you ever heard the person who goes, "Oh, they won zero to seven. No, it, 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 it drives me insane. Too. I can't stand that. Yeah, yeah. it's We're, not. You put the larger scored. number first. Oh, what, yeah. well, well, the score they scored more points. They were they won zero to seven. And they'll say points instead of runs. But my favorite We're down is, three to four. Yeah. No. No, no. You're, not. you're down four to three. Right. Yeah. So good call by you, Brian. Hey, way to bring it back, Rhino. Hey, appreciate it. Yeah. yeah it just, is time I for the stakeout. Feeling, you know, just jumped out of me. Yeah. You are, got you, a feeling. are you prepared for this? Are I you? am. And so we, this, is an, this is a fun one, I hope. We've got some beef, uh, some NBA beef. And I, I All hope three? you enjoy Oh, okay. It. I've got some audio for you. Ugh. It is a little long on the audio, but there's so many good nuggets in there. So we're going to kind of get it started. But to give you Is quick, Denver in there? Uh, is this just. <laughs> Oh my God! <laughs> is this is this the beef with uh, Kyle Kuzma? Yep. Okay. And Spencer Dimwitty. Uh, so apparently it started with some kind of tweet from Kuzma, like some kind of comment was made. Kuzma had tweeted, "The funny thing is they don't even play winning basketball." Dimwitty does an interview with Michelle Beadle. She asks him about it, and this is how it goes. Uh, so bear with me. What's, what's that thing Draymond just said? Where he said uh, insecurity is loud. <laughs> yeah. <Right? laughs> Um, so basically, here's what happened, right? Um, we lost to them. I was on the Mavericks. And obviously, uh, we have a MVP caliber guy, and, and we're trying to be a uh, championship caliber team. Just went to the West Conference Finals, et cetera, et cetera. So I make a statement about, you know, we need to be better, um, understanding the, the culture and how games are kind of played in D.C. and saying, you know, that's an unacceptable loss in that fashion. You know, he decides to respond because I guess he felt like it was a shot at him. <laughs> Um, and I wanted to respond. You know, my, my agent told me to stand down that we had, you know, bigger fish to fry, things to do, um, get to the playoffs, et cetera, et cetera. But, you know, now I'm not in that environment. Um, I'm in the playoffs. He's not. And, you know, to address. Um, no, I'm just saying to, to address the socialite. Right. Like there's a lot of guys in the NBA that really pour their heart and soul into basketball. 
um, are willing to do whatever it takes to win. There are a lot of guys that have different things that drive them and motivate them. I think if we look at, you know, him and the way he approaches um, life, fame, all that stuff, that we can see that, you know, his priorities tend to vary. Right. Like that's why dressed the way he does. He, you know, approaches basketball the way he does the comments he makes. Um, and like I said, with the Draymond quote, insecurity is loud. Like, you you know that you're there, you know, shooting shots to try to get a contract. You're probably not uh, even a third star really on a good team because if you were, the Lakers would have kept you. Right. So that was one of the big death blows right there. Uh, he tells Kuzma you're not even probably the third star because if you were, the Lakers would have kept you. Uh, he goes on to say, let me just pull up, cutting to the end here real quick. Man, what an odd battle. Kuzma versus Enwitty. <laughs> I know. The, I didn't have that on my bingo card today. Yeah. The battle of the average stars. Let me get the end of his quote here just so I don't mess it up. Right. Um, but in D.C., if you got three max dudes, Porzingis, Brad, and Kuz, like how you missed the playoff. Like, it doesn't, none of these things make sense. You know what I'm saying? Unless your priorities aren't in order. And so I would say that's my probably full monologue to that. So he yeah, goes on to say, yeah, he's not a third star. Otherwise, the Lakers would have kept you. You guys aren't in the playoffs. Wizards have three max players. And uh, I guess, you know, Dinwiddie didn't have a good time while he was in Washington. And then Kuzma replied, okay, since I'm so famous, let me give you some clout. I'm usually unbothered by things on the Internet, but I will not allow this delusional guy to continue to talk about my teammates and I. Here's a thread. Number one, insecurity is loud. The Wizards have so much real estate on Dimwitty Island, but he calls it Dim S-Word Island. Mm. Yeah, little play on words there. This guy got signed by a team and then was traded before the following season was over. Shocked emoji. What in the world have you won in this league? You've been bounced around like a basketball, my boy. You can thank KD and Kyrie for spearheading 34 wins before the All-Star break. You guys are 11-13 and 13 after the break for your playoffs. Second option, more like second point guard. My man, I watched you for two months at the end of your Wizards tenure, averaging 8-4-4. Four, and four. Sounds good, but glad you're hooping now. And yep, I got my bag coming. Stop hating. LOL. And last but not least, the only way you'll ever be worth your contract is if the NBA finally gives you your wish of getting paid in crypto. In parentheses, check the markets. Enjoy the clicks. Go Sixers. So, just a lot of they fun have, beef. They um, having a mid-off. Yeah, they really are. They're having a mid-off. But also, just my favorite thing about like early 2000s rap, sports, NBA basketball, is just like the trash talk and when guys are beefing. So, Sean, what are your thoughts on the beef? Who won the beef? Who had the last <laughs> laugh? What, what are your thoughts on this? I actually love it. Yeah, it's I fun. do. It is fun. I do because <laughs> it's not like it's LeBron battling somebody else. It's Dinwiddie and <laughs> Kuzma. Sir Dinwiddie and Kyle Kuzma. <laughs> this would be. These guys are starting this players. Is, okay, this is the equivalent of a. They get paid. This is a Kyler Murray. Yes. Uh, who's another uh, Kyler, Kyler Murray, Murray Derek? This is a Kyler Murray Kirk Cousins Derek Carr battle. Yes. Hey. Oh yeah. Sorry. I could see those guys when this is all said and done and buying each other a beer and saying, "Man, that was a pretty good battle, dude." That was fun stuff. Good. We got a lot we of got clicks. paid. Get out. So, um, I, listen. And in truth, in Dinwiddie, because you could hear the verbiage of Dinwiddie, right? He was very calm about it. He even called him Coos, like we're tight, you know, the nickname. When you give somebody the name, hey, Coos, you know, when he, when he was naming the three max players. Um, here's what I do know. Both are good players. Neither one's a superstar. Right. But I do like the beef. I do like the battle. I kind of like the gamesmanship. It's like when a corner 
and another corner are battling and they don't play each other. That's I mean, I know these two will, but you know what I'm saying? Yeah. That maybe one's been on the team, another guy comes in, and then one's in the playoffs and one's not. One's been in, one gets a max contract. Neither one are superstars, but both good players. And they're like, they, they, get, to, they get to talking. I think it makes, that makes good fodder. I, do, I like it. Nobody got hurt. Nah. Two guys getting after it. Same thing you'd do with your buddy in high school, you know, talking trash. Hey, our varsity team was better when you weren't here. And now we're, you know... Uh, so I, I don't have a problem with it. I don't think anybody, no harm, no foul. And I do like, like I said, of all the things you said on your bingo card, I didn't start my season thinking, I can't wait till the Dinwiddie Kuzma battle. <laughs> That's going to be awesome. You know, but, uh, you know, both of them handled it in a, you know, they're both right. Pretty respect. Yeah, they are. And I it's, have a it hard was kind of picking a winner because they're both I don't even spot know, on. Is it kind of? I don't know if you're allowed to say when people are having beef, there's respect involved, but it really wasn't a loud talk and cussing each other out thing. It he was, went after him about his crypto status. He did. Dog him with crypto, and he dogged. Well, basically, you're just you're, you're a max player, but you're not a max player right. type of thing. When did what he was talking about Kuzma? So I actually like it. Didn't bother me a bit. Did, the truth. Did you have any beef with anybody in your career? Yeah, you ever have any good beef? You know, you just. Right, you know, you talk to the newspaper. Can, you, can you imagine me and Elway having a bit? What? But there's no way. Okay, let's take me uh, and me, me and uh, let's take Frank uh, Reich as back uh, backups who who started once. What a while. about when you were in uh, the CFL? Never. You what? Like, Why would I to, battle anybody? Just go to the Chronicle. Well, like, hey, okay. put this in the paper about well, Johnson. But, but, but huh? what's the battle? Oh, you mean like when somebody talks trash about yeah. a game? Listen, here's a. I was here's as a quarterback. Why talking trash isn't really wise. I don't get to hit anybody. Uh huh. But, you you, but if I do apart. hit somebody, guess what I do? You threw an interception. I, I, if I hit somebody, I means I'm chasing a guy down because yeah. I threw a pick. Right. So I can't take it. So I don't want to get into that. If you're asking me on the field, my, my guy Santana Dotson and I, who I love, who's a Texas guy, and it was a hell of a player. We were playing them. I came off the bench. It was earlier in my career. We're kicking their ass in Tampa. He got a sack or hit me in a game, and it was a good hit, and we joke about it to this day. Because he said something to me, and I said, dude, have you seen the scoreboard today? And, and he looked at it. So that was, that, that's about the extent of my... It was now, probably like, dude, you see the board no, today, I said, bro? I, 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 no, there was a few more customers. <laughs> I was like, enough, have you seen the scoreboard? And so, but I love him. So that kind of thing, but it didn't serve me any purpose to say... What's Reggie White going to do to me, right? <laughs> Come on, man. What, it's like my, my way of doing it. Now, you, yeah. you battle, you get pissed, and you, you know, you're cussing, whether it's your own teammate you're battling or somebody else. But I never went through a, oh, it's the week of a game. You know what I think I'm going to do? I'm going to start talking crap about their coaching staff and their, their defensive <laughs> end. Get fired up. Get Richard Dent pissed off. <laughs> no, I, I was, and it's not a matter of like, I just choose it wise. You know, my best for a quarterback, the best way to get even was to play well. Right. The best way for a defensive guy like like the Shannon Sharps that tied in or the straight guys who could talk trash and they didn't have to worry about you could throw for 450 and throw one ball to the wrong guy. Done. Done. Yeah. You can miss a Over. tackle as a defensive lineman. A linebacker cleans it up. Nobody remembers the guy missed that tackle. Right. So I I didn't have that type of beef with anybody. We can as far as like now you're getting things where you're like I'm better than that guy or have yeah. you? But it was I wasn't a loud talker as a player because I had too much to take care of on the field. It didn't suit me well. Yeah, Toronto Raptors lost last night. That means that their season is over. Could the Rockets be watching for a Nick Nurse situation? We'll talk about it next. Sports Talk Seven Ninety. The Sean Salisbury Show continues. <laughs> Way across town, to be friendship for that time.
Welcome back to the Sean Salisbury Show here on Sports Talk 790. Sean Salisbury, Brian Lima, Ryan Money. Astros with an off day. They open up a series against the Rangers tomorrow. They just beat the Pirates to win their first series of the season. We'll have Dana Brown, the general manager of the Astros, today at 930. Rockets interviewed Frank Vogel for their head coaching vacancy. And with the Toronto Raptors losing last night in the play-in, that means that there's a potential of the Raptors and Nick Nurse parting ways. And if that happens, could the Rockets take a look at him? Well, Adrian Wojnarowski talked about Nick Nurse and the head coaching search for the Rockets. This is what he said. A lot of questions as to whether or not when the Raptors season ends, which could be tonight, it could be the end of the tenure there for their coach, Nick Nurse. What is the latest? I agree. There's no question. Nick Nurse is, is the wild card in this a coaching carousel around the league. You know, certainly the Houston Rockets are watching very closely into Toronto to see how this plays out. I think there's still a pathway forward, though, in Toronto with Masai Ujiri, their president, Nick Nurse. I think their communication's been good lately. And they'll talk whenever this season ends. It's been an underachieving Raptors team, but they've been a lot better since they added Jakob Pertl, uh, the trade deadline deal. They're 15-10 since then. They've got an opportunity now to play themselves uh, out of the plane and into the postseason. But those conversations are going to happen whenever the season ends. Uh, but I think with Nick Nurse certainly still under contract next season in Toronto, uh, making around $8 million. Uh, listen, he's been a significant uh, piece in the history of this Raptor organization, leading them to their only championship as head coach. Uh, and so and certainly the rest of the league, starting in Houston, you know, they're going to watch this closely uh, whenever this Raptor season ends. All right, again, and it could. Well, they lost, and they were up 19 points at one point and lost. And when you lose like that, it's a no matter what the body of work is, it makes it. I mean, it, it's easy to say, well, we got beaten this game by 19. He's a really good coach, though. Yeah. I mean, he can nurse a team back to shape. <laughs> Dude, he, he trips me out. I know. In it's, truth, it's when he does that, and then he goes, oh, Sean. If you, if oh, they, Sean. Where do you come up with this crap? <laughs> if he, if he <laughs> is available, of the guys available, isn't he the top candidate of the I, ones that have been mentioned? I would think so. I would say, yeah. Who's the, who's the next? No, you got uh, Vogel, Ime, Yudoka. I mean, all the comments seem to be saying Yudoka, Nurse. Obviously, that's the comments of the fans. But I would say those guys are top candidates. Frank Vogel's on, had success in the league, and yeah. he interviewed. So yeah. He won that bubble championship with yep. the Lakers. Yep. Yeah, there's just something it's about amazing Vogel how that, quickly people move on from coaches. I was just something about Vogel's never rubbed me the right way. I mean, but maybe it's just because he was a, a LeBron coach. Until a LeBron coach proves themselves outside of... LeBron, I, I don't really have a lot of faith in them. Like Ty Lue, for example, I, I had my doubts when he coached LeBron, but since then, I mean, he he has proved that he is a phenomenal coach. So you're very Vogel <laughs> outspoken <laughs> about. Sometimes you got to be ammo today, huh, Johnny? Sometimes, boy? yeah. Sometimes you got to be vocal. You got to be vocal about how you feel about a coach. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah, I'm just I'm no no I'm not not high on on Vogel, but. He's maybe You're high. Uh, he's maybe third best mm. candidate in my opinion so far. I have other candidates emerge, right. you know. Right. And if it was, I mean, right. I thought you know, it'd be great to interview Jay. Right. <laughs> His name is Jay Wright. <laughs> 
Stop it! Oh. <laughs> I always just like to interview guys. A little outside the box thinking. Maybe you interview a guy you don't expect. Kelvin Sampson? a coach. Yeah. Well, I, I think that <laughs> Kelvin right now realizes that I can still win a national title at the University of Houston. Yeah, he's gotten two good uh, transfers for the he's, transfer portal. He's pretty good. He knows how so. to recruit, too, and coach. Yeah. So. Yeah. Good thing, and his son will be a head coach sometime. You just hope that when, when whenever that is for Kelvin to, whether it's move on to the NBA or continue them, somebody's going to come in, and Kelvin knows it that his son's going to get snatched up by a, a really good university at some point in time, and and uh, and that's okay. That's what a dad wants for his son, right? Right. Yeah. To do oh, great absolutely. things. So there you go. Yeah, he'll uh, Kellen Sampson will find his way as a head coach, <laughs> held in high later. regard. Yeah. So I guess my question is with this whole Rockets head coaching search and the names that we've had, who do you guys want? I would think that if Nick Nurse checks the boxes during an interview, he's going to be the leading candidate, I would think. But listen, Rafael Stone may have two or three guys in mind and is looking for somebody to say something and prove something to him and Tillman Fertitta, and you'll get the chance. Um, It's rare that when names come up, that all of a sudden, like somebody mentioned seven names that are getting interviewed, and then the eighth guy gets the job that you're not talking about. That's rare in any sport, but it does happen. The names that are being mentioned, listen. Listen to Woj. He'll give you a pretty good idea of the direction a team's going within one or two candidates. It's it's just a fact because he's got everybody's ear, right? And so I would think that Nick Nurse is probably, you know, Got to be high on the list. Look what he did at a time when they got uh, Kawhi Leonard, how he pieced together a team and got the most out of him that year. I mean, they were... Uh, Who was the other one on that? Uh, Pascal Siakam. Siakam was really one of well. the best. It was, Siakam became a star that year. Yeah. I mean, he and really did. that was did. Nick's first year. Right. And also, my guy, what's the guard's name? Uh, uh, Van Vliet. Kyle, yeah, Kyle, Kyle Lowry. Lowry. And oh, Kyle Lowry. Lowry and Van Vliet they, were yeah, both... Yeah. I mean, and they maximize, when you win a championship, you almost have to have not just your star or two having career years, somebody else. Siakam became a household name if during that series, if, if during that, that, that postseason. Mm-hmm. And was, he, was, he was a fun watch. So I think Nick Nurse, you're looking at a guy, young players, uh, get some veterans in. And it may not be him, but he's a viable candidate because he's really good. And what did, what did, uh, Woj say he's making eight mil a year. Yeah, eight mil. Held in high regard. Yeah, yeah. I would think he'd be the leading candidate. I yeah. think for me, just just real quick before we go to break, uh, I, I would like the Rockets to hire somebody that's had head coaching experience. That's I know fair. they were. Do you care if it's college or pro or just all pro all the time? Um, you feel like it's like the NFL that you're, you're taking a risk by hiring a college guy to coach your like like a Jay Wright who's now no, broadcaster. No, I, I would be okay with Jay Wright. Yeah, it's just, just because he's coached guys. young young players, and this is what the young right. core is. The fact that we're young helps because most times college coaches don't translate to the NBA and vice versa. Most guys, for some reason, stay in their league. There's been a few like your your Billy Donovans of the world, but even him. Coming from I believe, two national titles, yeah. Well, coming from Florida to the NBA, he just hasn't done much in the NBA though. So and, and remember when Rick Patino was given the the chance? Who'd Rick Patino? Was it New Jersey? Who'd Patino coach? Wasn't he, Patino? He did he coach him? Or was it? Or was it not Rick Calipari? Did it right? Yeah. Rick Patino. Did he coach the Knicks NBA? as an assistant? Then the Knicks as a head coach. There you go. And I think Cal did the same thing. And he was with Boston Celtics. Yes, he was. Yeah. Wow, he okay. was. Did, didn't uh, Calipari did try his hand in the NBA once to one point two, or he was offered the job, turned it down? 
So far, I'm not. I'm only seeing college for him so okay, far. Okay, uh, John Calipari was with the Nets as a head coach, right? It shows, yeah, yeah. Okay. So, so cool. both of them did. Reason I, I knew I wasn't. I, I didn't think I was chasing a ghost, but three years, right? So, point is, and neither one of them had the type of success they want. So sometimes it doesn't work, right? And either because it's a different. But we have so many young players now in the NBA, one and dones that maybe that that can happen again. Jay Wright just seems like he, and they're not, I don't even think they're interviewing Jay Wright. That was my suggestion yesterday. If you're going to think outside the box, that's not a bad place to go. Yep. There's an assistant in the NBA right now that is going to be interviewed by the Rockets. Who is it? We'll talk about it next. Sports Talk 790. You need a vehicle. You got your whip. You say it's time. Well, if you got a used vehicle and want to sell it, go to carbingo.com. If you want a new vehicle, and especially the only Chevy Silverado pickups, get to classic Chevy Sugarland. Or classic Chevy Highway 6. Listen, over 400 Silverados were in stock when we started this gig here of this new deal going on. And with 0% APR and approved with approved credit and no payments for 120 days, what a gig. $8,000 off Chevy Silverado's best pickup truck on the road. And when, if with over 400 Silverados in stock when it started, you get a lifetime engine guarantee while those supplies last and they go fast. But they do have more inventory than anyone in Houston. It's because people know what you get. Great customer service. GM dealer of the year. 12 years in a row at classic Chevy Sugarland. And if you're cruising along on a Sunday and you say, you know what, I need to stop in. I want to check out these vehicles, these Silverados. Pop on over to classic Chevy Highway 6. It's open on Sundays. And when you purchase a new vehicle, from classic Chevy Sugarland, classic Chevy Highway 6, get a lifetime engine guarantee, lifetime of car washes, two years of free maintenance. Just relax. Enjoy the difference and the great customer service and the great deals. At classic Chevy Sugarland, classic Chevy Highway 6, tell them Sean sent you. I'm listening to you. So emotionally tied to the team. The Sean Salisbury Show continues. All right, let's go. Astros general manager Dana Brown's going to join us at 9.30. Astros with an off day today. They just won their first series of the season against the Pirates. The Rockets interviewed Frank Vogel for their head coaching vacancy. Uh, at, at 8 o'clock this morning, we're going to dig into the Houston Texans. The Cardinals in the NFL are getting calls about their number three pick. Uh, Ian Rapport mentions the Texans could potentially move from number 12 to number three. Let's slow that down for a second. Do you want to wait till 8? No, but did we not talk about that? We did. Did we not say yesterday? We did. That I'm not, two's not moving. 12 might move up to three to, to, to if Arizona's in the market. Yes. No, I just are care. you yeah. saying we're no, more uh, on the inside than not at all. Rapport? Not at all. Raps are Rapport? guests. Who, rap comes on our show all fall long <laughs> during the season. I feel you. I was just saying. <clears throat> we're pretty smart. That. It's more logical, and it's it should be easy to see that if you want two great players, if you're asking me, well, you know what, hit it at eight o'clock. You're exactly right. Well, we'll save that for eight o'clock because you talked about the eight o'clock hour, and we're going to go with the eight o'clock hour of why it makes sense. What hour? What is uh, what's that called in this industry? We well, like to call it a tease and uh-huh. teasing appointment radio. Mm, yes. Are you good at appointment radio, Ryan? Pretty good. Some say the best. Oh, yeah. Speaking of appointments, you'll have a chance to win two Matchbox tickets around around 8.15. Good plug. Another appointment for that. And we're doing it live on air, Ryan. I'm sorry, but we're doing it live on air. (laughs) We'll do it off air, Bubba. (laughs) If you want to. 
Sean, you're like half flossing over there. I'm very. No, confused. I'm doing the. I'm doing the. What the the, the what, what's baseball teams doing the sprinkler now? Uh, the oh, Orioles. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, thought I was just doing the sprinkler. Yeah, that's a Are real. you down on that celebration? I'm I a can care. Down. Why are you? I, I listen. I I think the celebration's cheesy. Yeah. But if you can bat flip, you can sprinkler. So, what, what do I think the sprinklers? Like, come on, oh, man! Wait, it, are it you looks out real. The bat flip. You don't like the. Bat no, flip? I'm saying. That if you're gonna, if you're all, you can call a, a celebration cheesy, like like right. the, the how they do it. You know, there would be people who like give the certain signs, yeah. or they'll do they'll like the what are the angels putting a hat on now when they yeah, homer? There's, there's some kind of hat. You, know, you get all everybody's got their little gig, and some of them are cheesy, some, the wheelbarrow stuff that was here, or you know whatever it is. That uh, it was here wheelbarrow, right? Yeah, what, yeah. Would they put him in a wheelbarrow after a home run? Is that what they do? No, no, no. The Red Sox. That's Red did Sox. It. Yeah, there you they go. put it in the in the wash. And he'd, and he'd right, and he'd walk. Yeah. When I say wheelbarrow, same thing. When he'd walk, yeah. uh, they drop, push him to the to, to, to the, the camera, end. right? Yeah, yeah. Got and it. then you also had the uh, the Nationals used to act like they were driving a, a truck and right. bomb, and they they do the stick shift thing, right? And they'll do you know yeah. you get guys who put in football, putting that finger yeah. across the smell line, uh-huh. right, and then their yeah. nose, whatever it is. I don't. Some of them are cheesy, some are good, but. You can't complain about a team celebration if you celebrate your way. Does that make sense? Correct. Do I think it's cheesy doing the sprinkler? Yes, but you know what? If it works for them, have at it. It doesn't bother me. I don't care. What would your celebration be? Let's say you um, did a double. I would go, I would take like, pretend like I was taking my hand and I would wipe my <laughs> crack. Like, that's how I feel about the pitcher after I homered off him. I did, I would go like that, reach back like you know, like boom. I just got to tell you, here, yeah. you're trash. Oh, like, like you're flushing him down the toilet. No, I really wouldn't. You know why I said that? Because one of my teammates used to do it in practice, and you could get Jimmy Mack. He's doing. He'd score in practice, joke around. He'd take the football like like he was like the football uh-huh. was toilet paper. Yeah, he'd take yeah. it out and throw it to like. See, here's yeah. how I think about you. No, my celebration. Yeah, would simply be hitting a second one. Oh, hit another double. Yeah, how noble. Oh. Stay quiet, but carry a loud stick. Yeah, I don't know what a celebration. I don't know. Probably you know the, do is? the old. Bit. You like to do the big balls. You do big ball celebration. Yeah, I'd probably do the do like uh, the, uh, the yeah, suck it. yeah, 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 that's yeah, that, yeah, yeah. No, the kids are watching. So you know, for the kids, the kids are doing it. Yeah, I know, but we didn't. Be, oh, okay. So if you, so if somebody's doing it, you got to do it too. I'm just saying no. the kids watch, so that's what not celebration. A, that's a good point. What celebrate? What what would I do? Yeah, I really wouldn't. Right? No, probably not. No. <laughs> and I'm not gonna, small. <laughs> that small celebration has blown up in the NBA, and to me, it's almost kind of they're, already played out. Would it ever make its way to baseball? They're doing it. They are doing it. In yeah, baseball. yeah. There the was one. The, they're doing it. The too small. Oh yeah. Yeah, I did it in one of our post show vids last week. Yeah, you did it, but I mean, like, if, like, let's say Jolksy on his first home run, could he too small the pitcher, you know? Is that like He a could. Thing? Is that, yeah, but is that you're happening big, in the MLB but at if all? You do, yeah, you someone better just be, did it. If okay. you do that to the pitcher, and you and, or you slow trot it around the bases and take 40 seconds to get around, yeah. you, you should expect to get, uh, you know, ribcage <laughs> toss the next time. Yeah, yeah. Um, I would... Gosh dang! For me, man, who hit, someone did it the other day? I'm trying to think. What would your celebration be? I mean, you talking about as a pitcher or a hitter? Uh, hitter? Or in the dugout after a home run? Are we speaking like on the offensive side? Yes. Yeah. I would probably have. You know how some guys when they hit a double, they'll look into the dugout and they, you know, some people like they they yeah. have their little whatever their hand gestures or yeah, right, exactly, Chopping, like the, whatever, right. whatever that shop thing is, whatever yeah. it is. Probably one of those. And listen, I'll be honest with you. I talk trash when I play baseball. I mean, when I talk trash, more of a, you're not hitting me, talking type, you know, that kind of stuff. 
I was never a, a big trash talking taunt guy. Ah, uh, the Braves are doing the too small. Oh, okay, celebration. I was never. Nice. You know what? I was never. Not that not boring. I love the enthusiasm. But if somebody else was doing it, just laugh with it. I'm not a big stand opponent up. I just not. It's, it's never been me. Show them up. You mean? Yeah, stand yeah. stand them up. Same thing. Show them up. Stand them up to where you're like, you know, running the bases so slow after because they they eventually get the ball in their hand. But I do love the energy of somebody doing it on your team and getting involved with it. But I've never been a, I got one for us. Let's do this type of thing. Yeah. That's, that's never been my MO. Matt Olson hit a tank the other day. And as he was rounding third, he did the two small. And then Ronald Acuna Jr. hit a big double the other night. And he looked at the dugout and did the two yeah, small. Yeah, at some point in time, you're going to get a pissed off pitcher. And Acuna is going to get hit. Or so is Matt Olson. Good, right? fired right? up. Guy, and I'm okay with it. But I, you know how, I, I, I guess I would have to invent something I'm not. I like to joke and have fun. More of a gamesmanship with a buddy on another team that we were joking with them. But I like teams together that celebrate and do the fun. Like when the Astros, when they'd walk through the dugout and look in the camera. Right. That a Bregman thing, right? Uh-huh. I, I thought it was cool. So I leave it to somebody else. I love the celebration and enthusiasm. I don't need boring. And I love watching baseball. I think we need more of the gamesmanship without being embarrassing to it. You know, I don't like embarrassing an opponent. Does that make sense? I like to beat their brains in when yeah. we play them. But I don't like showing them up with a one home run because at some point in time you rob Peter, you pay Paul, you're going to get it back. Right. And that's okay. But I'm more, listen, I was never a, because it's so hard to be successful in a league. Maybe I just felt like it's so tough, even in high school, to to be good every day. There was other things I focused on than the celebration. You know what I'm saying? I don't don't know. It just was never my MO and it's never been, but I'm okay with people who do it I just celebrated a little different. I think um, every now and then showing a little flair. I, I'm okay with it. Right. But if it's, the, in, if it's in character, not forced, does that make sense? Yeah, that does If you prepared sense. it and do it. Yeah. I, I've never been a guy that wanted to score a touchdown and go spike the ball on an opponent. Now laugh with him after the game. Spike on yeah. the phone. Just score. You know, if you want to taunt him, I don't mind a little bit of chatter and cussing back and forth at each other. I get it. Yeah. But I've never been a, I'd have to force that celebrate. That's just never been. That's just not you. But I do love the enthusiasm when people do. Right. It's just not in my DNA. Yeah. I was, I was just, it was not my dad's, hey, when you do that, you pump at the home plate and walk off and give him this and uh-huh. do all that. I'm wearing the belt, all that yeah. stuff. Um, it was just never my MO. I yeah. never spiked a football in my life. Really? Ever. Wow. Give it to somebody else. They give yeah. it to an offensive line. You spike it. You do a big man. That's exactly right. Gotcha. We're going to talk about football next. The Texans, could they move up from the number 12 pick to the number three pick? We'll talk about it next in Sports Talk 790. It's a whole new ball game around here. A new sound spectacular. Sean Salisbury. NFL quarterback, Sean Salisbury. Longtime friend, Sean Salisbury. Brian LaLima. This is the all-new Sean Salisbury Show. Welcome into the Sean Salisbury Show here on Sports Talk 790. You can also listen to us on the free iHeartRadio app. we got Dana Brown joining the show at 930. What's yeah, on your no, mind? No, I was I just thinking we were me. talking about it. Yeah. I was trying to mull over why I wasn't a big celebrator. Yeah. I mean, I celebrate after a game with the fellas or when a teammate wins and does something great, but why I wasn't like a, a gesture celebrating guy, right? Uh-huh. And you know, when I think back, it's a success because football was, I was a late bloomer in football. I didn't play till high school, but baseball and basketball were my sports growing up. And in high school, I played so angry. 
I enjoyed the joy of the game, but I didn't. You know when football was fun for me? Well, I love the competition. I love the gamesmanship. I love preparing for a game and the like the chess match that goes with trying to beat the other guy. I love the competition. But I never, when people say, man, I'm loving it in the middle of the second quarter. Not a quarterback, because you know you could throw for 400, and one stupid decision in the fourth quarter cost your team. I hated losing more than I probably liked winning. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. And so I, I never want, I could never, I was so focused on not causing your team, not, well, embarrassing yourself, but putting your team in a bind that I couldn't play celebratory because I just was, I had joy, but I didn't celebrate till after the game. When I kneeled down at the end of a game is when my celebration felt good. You know, you'd celebrate and laugh on the side, but I, I, I didn't stay in celebration mode long. But baseball and basketball, dude, you can ask anybody of my friends, because you know me like you know me, uh-huh. that I like to think I'm pretty calm and friendly. We have a blast, but yeah. I, I, I'm pretty even keeled. Right. I didn't, I was a mean, pissed Go, you can go back and talk to high school coaches. Anybody from my past will say, oh, make no mistake about I didn't, I, all I cared about was making sure that I cut your heart out to win. And if a guy got a homer off me, which happened, I wasn't thinking about the home. I was thinking, I can't wait till he comes up to the plate again because he is going to, he ain't seeing that again. And even if he hit me, but that, that was my mentality. So I never really, I loved playing. But my celebration happened after, even if you're up eight to two, because I think, well, what if we go eight to four? And I hated if we won. I mean, I loved winning, but if I let my team down during the win, I was happy we won. But I was, I, I felt like I let my teammates down. I don't know if maybe it was my dad was, you know, so focused on being a great team player and winning. I hated losing so bad. I know a lot of people say that, but I prepared every day to win, and I was fortunate growing up. But I, I was a, I played angry. In baseball and basketball, I didn't have time to play angry in football because you're so at quarterback. Mentally, if I was a linebacker, I would have been a nut job. But a quarterback, you got to stay so focused on the mental side and emotional side. You can't let it get the best of you. But in baseball and basketball, I played better when I was pissed, and I played angry every single friggin' game of my high school career in baseball and basketball. Angry, doing everything I could to basically not 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 being a belligerent, but wanted to fight you inside. And so it was like a game within a game. And that, that's why I, never, I could never enjoy it until it was over. Even though I played with joy, you wouldn't have seen it on my face. Does that make sense? Because yeah. I was pissed the whole time. <clears throat> it's like Ryan when he goes bowling. Actually, I, I was going to make on the that pins, comparison. You know? I ran out of time, but I, I was going to make that comparison. I, got, I could have three or four strikes in a row and everyone's high-fiving me and like, oh, you're on a roll, throwing it great. But if I like miss something in the second frame earlier in the game, I'm still pissed about that. Right. I'm still mad that I missed that one pin to keep it a clean game. I don't really care about the three or four in a row. And sometimes if you do that like I was, I sometimes I'd, two series later, I'm still thinking about the pick that I threw that cost us. And I think that can be a detriment to your career. Well, I think because I, I, I preach getting over things, success right, and failure, quick, play. right? Yeah, I hard was, to do. As I was, Brian was saying, I was always the guy, especially in college. If I had a bad at bat, I would obviously think about it going back into right field, but then I would compartmentalize and think, okay, let's look forward to the next at bat yeah. or to the next play. Because if you start to lose focus, next thing you know, boom, a line drive hit right to you and you boot it. This is going to sound so, weird, but maybe you guys felt the same way. And that's, you, you'd I be able to compartmentalize. Like, right. But compartmentalize to move on to the next one's a great trait. Yeah. You guys tell me if you're not right. My celebrations, honestly, mm-hmm. in college as a football player and in professional football and in my 
high school career, which I was, as far as a scholarship guy, I was a scholarship guy in the other two sports before I was football. Because I didn't, like I said, I didn't know even how to put pads on in, in junior high. I didn't play. I, you know where my celebrations came from? My teammates. I was, that's where I celebrated when they would hit a home run or when somebody would make a shot because I loved winning. I loved, I hated losing, but I liked watching us as a group. I, I love team sports. I, I just did. Yeah. So I celebrated them more. For me, you would let everybody else celebrate. I, I would, you know, let the teammates or the media or whatever celebrate you. I was, or when you go home and have a talk with your mom and dad after a game, right? But I was, I was a friggin' dude. And I, I'm telling you, you, stick somebody in here that coached me in high school and they will, or was a teammate, they'll say, what an angry, mean prick he was for four straight years playing high school sports. So that, that, that kind of was a cat. It's not like I wear it as a badge of honor. Right. Trust me. But it was like the grind for me was so thick. And, and it, it, it drove me. I, I, I was afraid to fail. In my own thing, I mean, afraid's not the right word. I didn't want to because I felt like I was letting teammates and family down. I was raised good, but it's not like when I come home and lost my dad. Would, you know, you heard the things in two when his dad would be want to whip it, did, did, like spank him or something, yeah, something whip like him that. when he whatever he was whip, right? Yeah, yeah, whatever it was. Where my dad would just whip his ass, right? Like, right. Yeah, and that was a. I mean, I think they did a story on yeah. it, right? So I, uh, but I come from a loving family, but I worked, competed so. F- Furiously, that that's why you make a great point about it's, you know the celebrations and the joy. Uh-huh. Some guys can show it and they get back locked back in. I felt like it would get me unfocused, so I'd celebrate my teammates. But man, I played so in bas- basketball and baseball. I'm talking about angry the entire time, and it didn't matter if the guy was a superstar, top twenty five player in the country in basketball, or Billy Bean in baseball, who was a first round pick. I. I, I was I, I I couldn't play. Hey, this is real cool. During pregame, I was all relaxed and the rest. But the same kicked in. I was a mean, angry player. Yeah. When I played in high school. Yeah, but I think also with that, like there was a way to compartmentalize for you, though, right? Had to. Yeah, or you, or you I can't say that, I was able. To, it was almost uh, a dumb question, but but really, if you don't compartmentalize, you wouldn't have been successful. The times I didn't, at some point in time, it would backfire. You fail. Oh yeah. When yeah. You, when I when I thought, man. What are you doing throwing the ball to that guy? Yeah. And couldn't get over it because it was if it just lingered a little longer. Because some linger longer than the others. Come back and do it again. You're like, now you're down two, dude. Yeah. Now what are you going to do? So, yeah, oh, there's no doubt. And like I said, that's why I don't wear the badge of honor. I love the guys who can, hey, he struck out Favre is a perfect example. You can do whatever you think about Brett Favre. Favre would throw four picks, and guess what he was doing the fifth one? He did not. He was letting it rip. That's a unique quality. As long as it doesn't happen 47 times. Yeah. But he had the ability to say, oh, I'll get you on the fifth one. And I think the great ones do. They just accept failure at times is not permanent. And I think that's a good thing. But, yeah, for me, the anger, and some guys can do that on the football field. It's just as a quarterback, I didn't think you could play angry the whole time because you had to stay so mentally focused. As a basketball and baseball guy, if that's what I would have continued doing, I would have had that been that guy say, "Ooh, game day, bad guy to be around." Yeah, that was me. Right, bad guy to be around. Yeah, that's like uh, what they say about Justin Verlander on game day. Like when he's pitching, you don't go around him. Just real quick, kind of let him go. I was at basketball. Some of my best, uh, you know, in high school, your best friends play the same sports Mm -hmm. with you. And I had a shocker, as you guys know, my obsessive compulsive routine. I had a pregame routine for basketball: the way I dress, the way I do layup line, how many shots I take. And one game, my three of my best friends. Decided, let's disrupt his just, oh, and they really? did it. Dude, one basketball, and they did it. 
pregame warm-up on purpose, just joking around, not not, not being not being it in a. Yeah, it's your best friend's messing. Yeah, with they're you. just joking, right? But <laughs> <laughs> we came in after warm-up, dude, and I, short of tearing apart a locker room. Had three guys backed into a course. Said, "Listen, you guys don't." And he said, "After the game, it was fine." Yeah, I was so like, it's like I see red. It was yeah. weird. Yeah, but I, t- dude, they'll laugh about it. We talked about it at a thirty-year reunion. Dude, you're a nut job. I said, "Yeah, I know." Don't ever disrupt my routine then or now. And we laughed. Yeah. But it was because you know you go through layup line and they just kind of miss giving you the ball so you couldn't do your left-handed layup. Right. I'm like. Whoa! And then it kept going. I so, said, "Okay," and saw redhead dude. I was because I thought if I don't do this routine, my game's going to play well. Right? It's like put, it's it's the superstition. Yeah. It's the routine. And I, I, I to the point was ready to fight them all. Yeah. Before we went back, you know, you go back in before right, warmups, come back, back out right, to the right. starting lineups. Yeah. I was like, it's a bad idea by you guys, and I was furious. <laughs> But just a friggin' nut job. But that's what, but that was good for, for me. For me, yeah. it worked for me being a nut job on the court or on the on yeah. the baseball diamond. Right. It's good stuff, man. We're going to uh, look at the Texans. Could they move up from their number 12 pick? We also got the money shot next. We're going to give away some tickets to Matchbox 2713-212-5790. Let's get those calls in. We'll talk about the Texans next on Sports Talk 790. But let me get to you about storm season. Let's get ahead of storm season. I keep telling you guys, don't wait. Get ahead right now. Don't be caught without power during during one of those big-time storms that rolls through the city of Houston. So let's get you ahead of that with Brotherly Love Electric and their American-made Briggs and Stratton home generator. They've been servicing the greater Houston area for over 10 years, and they provide the best home generators on the market. That's right, the American-made Briggs and Stratton generator. They have full turnkey service done in-house by the Brotherly Love crews. No third-party contractors, so you're going to know who's working on your home, and it's Brotherly Love. They have the concrete pad, the delivery, the gas hooking, the electrical, the permits. The entire process is done from start to finish by Brotherly Love Electric and your project manager. They will give you your quote, which is free, and they will have the install all the way from start to finish. The best part about it, there's no lead times. Other generator providers here in the city have six, seven-month lead times. Well, not at Brotherly Love. I saw the generators in their shop just a couple of days ago. I was visiting with Nathan King and Daniel Hopper. They're there, ready to go. Uh, 346-777-3370. Again, that's 346-777-3370. Ask for Nathan King or Daniel Hopper for a free quote. They've got the 10-year bumper-to-bumper warranty. BrotherlyLoveElectric.com. Brotherly Love Electric, a connection you can count on. More Sean Salisbury. Get in, strap in, and ride in. Like I'm headed For the money shot, 713-212-5790. Ryan, tell them what they can win. That is right. You hear Matchbox 20 playing in the background. You can win yourself a pair of tickets to see Matchbox 20, the Slow Dream Tour, on Friday, June 30th at the Woodlands Pavilion. Tickets are on sale at LiveNation.com. Get yours now. But you could also literally get yours now because we're giving away a pair. 713-212-5790. Very Astros-oriented trivia question today. Today's current roster features how many members from the 2017 championship roster? 
713-212-5790. Two free tickets to see Matchbox 20 this summer. Cynthia Woods, Mitchell Pavilion, up in the Woodlands. Get those calls in right now. We're just looking for how many Astros on this current roster were on the 2017 roster. All you need is a number. You don't have to name the players. I mean, you get, I guess, style points if you do, but... To get those tickets, I just need a number. How many players are on the 2017 roster that are still on the roster today? Let's get those calls in, 713-212-5790. Ryan, do you even know the answer? I, I do. I had to confirm it with my sources, but uh, I sure do. <laughs> I think I know the three guys. <laughs> That's great. Or four guys, maybe five guys. Wait, Brian, did I did I say something wrong? Why are you laughing so hard? I could name three of them. Jolks. There's like ten of them, right? Yeah. Jolks, mm. Maldonado, mm-hmm. and Pena mm. on that 217 team. Yep. <laughs> Do you know there's somebody out there saying, he's right, man. He's, he's, that's why he's, he's right. on radio. You know who the one that they may say? They may think Maldonado was here, right? Yeah. But he wasn't. We ought to make, Ryan, you know That's what? A hint, we we you know? should make them name the players. You think so? Yeah. So they yeah. have to name the players now. Yeah. Okay. yeah they, they should know this. Okay. All right. Let's go to Paul the phone. Paul is on hold first. Let's go to Paul. Paul A. Paulie, you playing, are you playing Money Shot? You know it. All right, Paul. You got the answer? Jose Altuve. Okay. Alex Bregman. Lance McCullough Jr. There it is. Oh, one is that Polly Polly Walnuts? Polly Walnuts, baby. Yeah, Paul from Huffman. So wait, wait a minute, Paul. You're telling me that Jolks wasn't on this team in seventeen? No, he was like at Clearbrook High School back then. I think he was. What, 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 or is that U of H? What about Hunter Brown? Hunter? I, I, no, I don't no. think so. <laughs> no, Paul. No, but I, did you see me screw up with the answer when I said well, I, I, know the, I know the three. I know the three guys. Yeah. Okay. That's what I was like. Yeah. I, I was yeah. Like, I, yeah. I gave you the answer within that. the answer. Yeah. Way to go. There you go. Paul, are you actually going to... Oh, sorry, my bad, Paul. Let me get Paul back. Paul, are you actually going to go see Matchbox 20? Yeah, I'd love to. Damn right. Well, congratulations. Hang on hold. Ryan's going to get your information. Thank you for calling and playing the money shot. Just giving away tickets all week long. That's all we do, baby. That's what we do here on the Sean Salisbury Show. Take care of our fans. Hey, how you doing? Hey, what's going on, Paul? Hey, got some tickets here for you. Forget about it, huh? Great job, Sean. Bada bang. What are you trying to say? I know the three yeah, guys. I know the three guys. I was, I was like, I, I was doing a couple different things, and I wasn't fully paying attention. So I was like, wait, what did Sean say? And I was like, oh, he no, said Ryan three. thought I, he thought I was laughing at Ryan. Right. Ryan thought I was and laughing at him. No, said, man. The question was that I gave you the answer of the question like an idiot. My, no, you know, God, look, no, it's all right. God, please, no. It's all right, Paul My won. Bad. Yeah, Paul won. He named the three players. So. Gee, Sean ruined my trivia, dude. Oh, but nobody knew that I said it, dude. No, Paul did. said he heard you. <laughs> Paul, yeah, Paul was like, yeah, I heard yeah, you. Yeah, I heard it, man. <laughs> the hell with Polly Walnuts. I heard no. it. Good yeah. job, Polly. Good job. Unbelievable. Where's Great. Huffman at? Somebody uh, tell me where Huffman is. East. Texas. That doesn't tell me anything. It's east of Houston. <laughs> there you go. How down, far east? Eh, okay. About 20 miles. It's due east. Down due 1960. East. So you're telling me it's headed towards Beaumont. Okay, here's some... Yes. It, well, no. I mean, yeah, it is. My but, phone well, isn't that east? Or not my phone, but the internet says 32 miles, 48 minutes, if you go from the center of Huffman to the center of Houston. Yeah, it's it's down uh, 1960. Great. In All between right. 1960 and 99. Yeah. Out there by Lake Houston. Uh, yeah. Okay. okay. Here, here you go. Here's your trivia, Sean. Your I know trivia, you're going to get Sean. this. Yeah, you love trivia. Do you know what former closer uh-huh. of the Boston Red Sox is from Huffman? Uh-huh. 
Daniel Bard. No. Uh, Keith Folks. Bingo. You're like, nobody, people kind of, you know, Keith, that's right. Keith no. Folk, he closed out the 04 World Series. Right, and remember, when he went through that, and then he had a little injury, you know what, mm-hmm. I, I was at the opening game in Arlington. Tito brought, Francona brought his team there and went down and saw him. That opening series, guess who was discovered? Uh, right after that, when Folk, Keith Folk was hurt. Um, why am I Papelbon. Pap, there you go. That's Jonathan where Papelbon. Papelbon made his, if I'm not mistaken, debut because it was the opening series of the season. If I'm, if, if I remember right, post him, you know, post him doing his thing, and I'll be damned, is Papelbon kept it? Yeah, kept it. Leave your glove on the mound, whether you it's didn't think I was going to get Keith Folk. Did no, you? I figured you would. Nice. Yeah, <clears throat> you probably thought I was going somebody else like uh, Eck. You thought I was going Dennis Eckersley at one point. But remember, Eck no. was a starter in Boston. Became the closer in Oakland. Keith Folk, dude, I yanked it. Yanked Folk. I okay? figured you would have got it. Where's he from? Huffman. Is he? He is. Nice. Yeah. You know where Texas he went to? Ju- he went to Juco first. Uh, did he go to Del Sol? No, we're not, not Juco. Juco. I'm talking about after he left no, Juco. No, he didn't. I know you're not Juco, you clown. Whoa. We're going Man. D2, baby. Yeah. They're taking on Concordia this weekend. Big, big, big ASC conference matchup. Concordia, Texas or Minnesota? Concordia, Texas oh, and okay. Austin. The Tornadoes. There you go. The Nados. Yeah. So there you go. I, uh, Keith Folk went to Galveston, Juco. Nice. And then he went to Good career. Lewis Clark State. In, uh, in Oregon, right? Uh, Was it Lewis Clark in Oregon? Lewis Clark. See if I know my, my university. Is it Lewis and Clark in Oregon? Idaho. Oh, okay. Close. Not far. Not far. Yeah, Keith Folk. He was a good player. Idaho. He was. And when he got hurt, that's when uh, we saw Papelbon. That's exactly right. Leave your glove on the mound. Someone will pick it up, even if it's an injury. Sucks to suck. Yep. But he didn't suck. No, Folk was good. Papelbon had a good run. All right. You ready to get to this Texan stuff? I teased it for a couple segments now. Yep. Could they move up from the number 12 to the number 3? Ian Rappaport talked about it. We'll hear the audio. We'll discuss it next on Sports Talk 790. But first, let's get you into a new ride. Let's head over to Classic Chevy Sugarland at Classic Chevy Highway 6 because you know what you're going to get when you get to either of those dealerships. They're going to welcome you with open arms. They're going to treat you like family before you even get yourself into a new vehicle. Right now, they've got up to $8,000 off Silverado, 0% APR with approved credit, and no payments for 120 days. Over 400 Silverados in stock with lifetime engine guarantee while supplies last. I was there just a couple of days ago picking up a brand new custom Silverado. And as I was there, three truckloads of brand new Silverados were being brought in. They've got more inventory than everyone else. And if you don't want a Silverado, well, how about an SUV? Let's get you into an Equinox. Over 50 Equinox is available with lifetime engine guarantee. They're the GM dealer of the year now, 12 years in a row. Classic Chevy Highway 6 has you covered on a Sunday. If that's the only day that you have to shop for a new vehicle, they are open on Sundays. Check them out online. ClassicChevySugarland.com. ClassicChevyHighway6.com. Let's get you into the Classic Chevy family, just like myself and Sean Salisbury. We're both members of the Classic Chevy family. Head over to the dealerships. Ask for Jeff or Tiffany Sebastian when you get there and tell them that Brian LaLima sent you. Now, back to Sean Salisbury. <laughs> Yo,
This is the Paul from Huffman for winning Matchbox 20 tickets on the money shot. A lot more tickets to give on, give out tomorrow. It's an In Your Feelings Friday tomorrow. Can't wait for that. But yeah, we, I got to get in my feels about yeah, something. You'll you be, right. be all right. We got Dana Brown joining the show in about an hour, 9.30 this morning. The Astros beat the Pirates yesterday. They won their first series of the season. They're off today. Forrest Whitley pitched well in AAA last night. Uh, let's talk about the Houston Texans. So apparently... The uh, Arizona Cardinals are getting calls about their number three pick. And Ian Rappaport talked about teams that could be interested and then are calling about that number three pick. And he mentions the Texans. Well, this is what Ian Rappaport had to say. Yeah, it certainly seems like the Arizona Cardinals are going to have any of the top players not named, not playing quarterback at their disposal. They could take the top player in the draft regardless of position. But they also are going to get some calls, and they, of course, have been getting calls, as is always the case once the Carolina Panthers essentially were on the clock trading one. All eyes went to number three. So who are the potential suspects of teams that have been calling the Arizona Cardinals potentially trying to trade for number three? Well, you guys mentioned it. The Colts would at least be a possibility, if only to make sure that if they take a quarterback, no one goes in front of them. They could go from four to three. A quick jump would not cost them a ton. Certainly that has to be in their thinking. What about the Las Vegas Raiders? If they want to come up for a quarterback, uh, three would be a perfect spot. And of course, Dave Ziegler and Monty Ossifer know each other well from New England. That would make some sense. What about the Tennessee Titans who have done all the quarterback work? That would be a big leap. It would be sort of like the Trey Lance deal, somewhat similar value mm. maybe. Could go from 11 to 3. And then if the Texans want to double up and just take two of the best players in the draft, going from 12 to 3 would be expensive. But if they thought there was enough value in the player, it would be something they might consider as well. There it is. If you're, Rappaport. Yep. If you're the you mentioned three teams in one division. Yeah. Colts, Titans, Texans. That ought to tell you. Is the AFC South trying to get better? Uh, you think? They are. They need, there's a lot of room huh. to get better, too. I, when it comes to each individual, all three need a future-studded quarterback. Correct. That's one. Two is... Have you ever noticed that when you trade up a couple slots, that it's always just to get a quarterback? I'm talking about like when you get into the top three. Normally, it's not always, but well, most. How of do the we time. know? How do we know that somebody doesn't want to trade up to get Will Anderson? What if they say, "Well, we're at five, or we're a Seattle, and or we're and I'll, I, I'm not talking about a team that desperately needs a quarterback and say, yeah, "I'm trading up there because I think this guy's the best player in the draft." So. But in this case, this year, it's quarterback, 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 the way people are craving that position, right? So let's see. Colts, less to travel to get to three. Probably cost them what? Flip-flop and a second and a fourth or something to move there Mm -hmm. to assure that a team like the Texans or somebody else, the Raiders, don't jump them to get the guy they want. Because if you're sitting in the four-hole, there's a good chance that you're going to lose out on three quarterbacks if Arizona trades out. If you're the if you're the Titans, you need a lot of players, dude. Titans down at number eleven. That's a, and they're going to have to give up. They would have to give up flip ones, give up another one, and possibly a second or a third to get to that spot. The Texans from twelve to similar circumstance, you'd have to give up flip this year's one, the twelve and the, and the three pick, give up next year's number one, and probably another player conditional like okay it's a third round or be a second rounder if the guy plays makes your team in place 75% of the time or whatever it is. but it'll cost you more than just 1-1 one, one. I ask you this if you could get to 2-3 and three 
and give up next a first round pick next year. And in the two and three, the quarterback and Will Anderson are the two picks. I'm in. Why wouldn't you do it? Right. So you'd give up. So you'd flop from twelve to three, and then give, give up. up a one and another high draft pick. When I say high, let's say it's a, let's say they want a second rounder. Let's just say a second or third rounder so next year. Essentially, you would have or a second rounder this year, first yeah. rounder next year. So let's say the Texans get the. Let's say the Texans do it. They'd have the number two pick, the number three pick, and the number thirty three pick. I'm okay with that. Well, here's what if you're if you are the Arizona Cardinals, what you're going to ask. We want to flip-flop 12 and 3. 3. We'd like your first round pick next year and we'll take the 33rd pick. I was going to say they would take the they would probably ask for that. And that's and if you're the Texans that should be enough, right? All right. So, and they may ask for more, but if you're the Texans that may let's say that's what you got to give up. Which in essence the 33rd pick this year could end up being the guy that's as good as a first rounder. So, you may be giving up basically two first rounders over and above flip-flopping the pick. So, with that, I ask you this, is Will Anderson or Bryce Young or both worth that? Yes. And my answer is yes. Yeah. Yes. If I could assure myself of now I'm in the 2-3 hole, I already know number one's taking a quarterback. See, then that would guarantee that they're taking a quarterback. There's no way you're trading up that far to take Will Anderson and Jalen Carter or or Jackson Smith-Najigba or anybody else at the three hole that's not a quarterback and or a linebacker, depending on who you take it to. And now you've guaranteed you're getting both because nobody can jump you because Carolina's not trading out of that because they want a quarterback. And they already have their eyes on set on who it is. If anybody thinks that Carolina's still mulling over, I would doubt it. I think they have a pretty good idea who they're going to take. So with that, well, we need assets. Why trade away assets? You trade away assets to do what? Make your team better and get better. Mm-hmm. Will Anderson and Bryce Young are worth, in my opinion, the way I saw it, worth three players. And you know, you know, another thing that that comes to mind when we're talking about making your team better and trying to get assets and, and things like that. There's, in my mind, there is no way that D'Amico Ryan, because let's say they don't draft a quarterback. We talked about it a lot yesterday, and they go and get Will Anderson and whoever else with the number twelve pick. There's no way that D'Amico Ryan's wants to quote unquote punt another season in his first year. I wouldn't. There's no way, especially in this division, you can win it. Right? What if Jacksonville? What if? What if Jacksonville has a? I, I don't want anybody to get hurt. Let's say Lawrence misses four games with a sore shoulder. Isn't it in a whole new league, a whole new division? We just we just heard it from Ian Rappaport. He named the three teams in the AFC South. Everybody except for three, Jacksonville. Three of the lowest rated five teams in a league are in the AFC South. Yes. Two years ago, the Tennessee Titans were the number one seed in the AFC. Two years ago, the Indianapolis Colts were supposed to be in the playoffs and had a chance. People thought they were a, a sneaky Super Bowl team with Carson Wentz. It was yeah. going to change. And they Jonathan lost the last Taylor two. Was running the and laid an egg versus that Jacksonville team on the last game of the season. Right. Regular season. And here we are with an opportunity. If, if, if Arizona offered that, what I just said, I'm taking it and guaranteeing myself the best outside guy and the best quarterback from college that are coming to the NFL in this draft. Yeah. Production-wise, we'll period. Con- we'll continue to talk Texans and this number three pick from the or f- with the Arizona Cardinals. We'll talk about it next on the Sean Salisbury Show. I only go to one barbershop. It's V's Barbershop. And I discovered it when I moved out to uh, Katie Fullsherry and built a home out there and drove by and said, I got to go in and see it. And the second I walked in, I knew 
that this is where I needed to be. First of all, old school with new school amenities. If you want a cold beer while you're sitting there and you're getting your neck massage and your scalp massage while you're getting your hair cut and a straight edge shave, what are you waiting on? There's five locations. It is the best barbershop. I will not get my hair cut anywhere else. And you guys out there know how a fresh haircut's awesome. V's Barbershop, been in Houston for almost 15 years, now five locations in the area. Visit the newest location, the Ellison Development in North Katy near Cyprus. All the locations highly rated on Google and have the experience to make you look your best. From the old school barber chairs and old-fashioned hot lather straight razor shaves, which is awesome, to your relaxing head and neck massages, V's Barbershop sets the standard for barbershops, and it does, and it's not close. Whether you're looking for a traditional short-style haircut and you got the TVs going on in there as well, or a more contemporary men's hairstyle, we invite you to visit one of our barbers. Experience for yourself why V's is simply a cut above the rest. And you know what? You'll be sitting there, and all of a sudden, two doors, there's two haircut uh Bays down. There's two kids getting their hair cut and loving life, and their parents are in there watching them. And it's uh, a great test of history going back in time to barbershop, but with new amenities. The kids love it as well. V's Barbershop, not a pop-up shop. Been a brand, has V's been since 1999 and continues to redefine itself with the classic look and feel of modern cuts and styles. Check it out and get a great cut beard trimmer, hot lather shave. You will not be disappointed. And V's Barbershops, again, five locations, always offers 20% discounts for military and first responders. We care about military and first responders. We care about you. V's Barbershop, V's Barbershop. The Sean Salisbury Show. Put our smart ass on your smart speaker. Google, play Sean Salisbury on iHeartRadio. Does it feel like the time leading up to the draft has been dragging on? Or is it because we've covered it so much? Both. Two weeks away from the NFL draft. Here's something from Adam Schefter this morning. He it's said, been lingering. So has it? Shefty, yes. oh, here we go. He said this morning on Get Up or whatever sports, or whatever show he was on, he says, Bryce Young visiting the Texans is a, quote, waste of time. The ship has sailed. I think Bryce Young is going to be the Panthers' number one pick, end quote. I have heard and read that the Panthers are in on Anthony Richardson. They're in on Bryce Young, Young and CJ and Stroud. Stroud. So I don't agree with Shefty's comments. I do. I mean, no, I'm saying they're accurate in a sense that the Panthers could easily take Bryce number one, and that's very likely to happen. But I don't know if it's a waste of time because, like Brian oh, just yeah, said. right. Like, like, you know, like Brian just said, we've heard them be interested in just about everybody except Will Levis. You know so. why I get just the feeling? Just a week ago, Frank Wright was all in on and on Anthony Richardson. Oh, oh but and he was all in on a couple weeks ago at the pro his pro day. Oh, it, to see how he's talking to, to uh, what's his name? Uh, C.J. Stroud. Yeah. Oh, you can tell. Oh, he loves and him. Remember, oh, he remember, gave him a hug. Remember, oh, he dapped him up. They're going to play basketball together. That's what it was. Remember when I told you that head coach doesn't need to be at every single guy's pro day? Quarterback or not? Yeah. Well, he was there and all in. Oh, we got to develop a relationship. No, you don't. Guess why? I got a whole bunch of time to develop a relationship. I don't need to be at Bryce Young's pro day today. And he was. I'm talking about because of the optics of, oh, look at Frank Reich. He really loves C.J. Stroud. Well, 
if he'd have gone, if, if, if he'd have dapped Will Levis up, now we'd have him in the mix too, right? right? Oh, he's going number so one. So for me, you don't have to be there, but oh, yeah, somebody does to step. Told Will Levis they're going to build a basketball court right. in Charlotte. No, no, that was uh, that was CJ Stroud. Stroud. That was Stroud. My, yes. bad. My, yeah. my bad. So you don't have to, in my opinion, show up and show all that interest. I mean, you got to have somebody in your organization you trust showing up and watching the guy work, but you've got enough tape on him to know who you want. I believe if Schefter says you're wasting your time, you know what that means. He's got a connection in the front office that says they're drafting Bryce Young. And as we talked about and was brought up by Chris Mortensen first, that when all is said and done, and that's why I ask you guys this question and everybody else, we can do all the talk and all the banter we want, all the mock drafts, you know, when it comes down to turning a card in or your career is on the line. And I would suggest that Frank Reich, his career as a head coach, that this job, that this matters immediately as to, to the future of his career of success, and he needs to hit the quarterback position first. I would imagine that if you ask these guys, just like you guys, if it comes right down to your career, is, when you say that, mm-hmm. if this fails, you're done. When you hand that card in, all the talk, you're going to put the guy on there that you think saving your career. Right. The safe pick. And that safe pick, if, if Schefter feels this way, somebody's telling him, dude, it's a lock. Bryce Young to Carolina, which means now you got to decide. Is it C.J. Stroud, Will Levis, or uh, Anthony Richardson with the second or third pick? If they trade to get to the third pick, the question is if they don't trade, are they willing to pass up on a quarterback and say, screw it, we'll deal with it? Um, while if I'm Arizona... Do you wait till you're? Do you make this trade on on the clock trade during draft day, or do you do it beforehand? Because don't you want to pit Houston against in Indianapolis against Seattle, pit them all against, against the other. Raiders against Tennessee? Yes. Yeah. The longer it takes, the more desperate teams become before they are on the clock. If it's me and I'm in Frank Reich's situation or anybody else, and I got the first pick, I'm taking the most productive player at that position because I need it. It's Bryce Young. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's go to Ray in Montana. What's going on, Ray? Hold on a second, guys. <laughs> All right. Hey, uh, my, I had you on speaker. I'm at work. Uh, so uh, I called this months ago. I called you guys and said that there was a way that we could get, keep Indianapolis from getting a quarterback. And you guys were like, oh, Arizona doesn't need anything. They don't want anything. Well, here we are. Wait, wait. Looking explain to me. What, what, what did we say? Arizona doesn't need anything? Uh, well, what, what, what What do you mean? That they don't need a quarterback. Arizona doesn't need a quarterback. I mean, they may need but one, but they're not, I, tra- they're not drafting one. Yeah, but what I meant was it's a way to stick it to Indianapolis and keep them from getting a quarterback was move up and keep them from getting it, and we we win. We still win two ways. We get another a decent, well, a better pick than at number three, and they don't get a quarterback. So you're, you're with us. Well, they may still get a quarterback at four because it'll be the one if it's well, not whoever the fourth guy is that's left. They'll still get a quarterback. It may not be the one or two that they want. So you're with us. You think that okay. second pick to trade the 12th pick and flop picks and then give up another first rounder to move to three so you can get a linebacker or somebody else in a quarterback. That's what you want to do. And prevent the Colts from getting the guy they want at four since the number three team didn't want a quarterback and this number three team would. There you go. I agree yeah. with you, 100%. All right. Have a good day, guys. You too, buddy. Thank you, Ray. So I'm, I'm with him. Yeah. I think what he meant is that you're, 
you're punking Indy by moving up. You're getting your quarterback and another position with two and three, and you're making the division easier because the Colts are going to have to settle for the fourth quarterback right. as opposed to the third, second, or first. Right. And Ray's right. Yeah. Let's go to Jay in spring. What's up, Jay? Hey, how y'all doing, man? Uh, just real quick before I, I want to say something about this Zion stuff that y'all was talking about earlier. But it's crazy how, in a matter of days, Adam Scheffler and Ian Rappaport can make a can make a Texans fan feel so helpless. Like it's just crazy. Cause like you said, just last week it's been CJ Stroud. You know, uh, Bryce Young probably falling to us. Now it looks like it sounded like they're taking Bryce Young. It, it just it makes you upset. It brings back the point of, yeah, why we didn't lose that last game last year. Right. Why didn't they sit these people? We wouldn't even have these discussions or this problem or whatever. So it's just a multitude of moves. But before I hang up about Zion, I was a big, 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 big Zion fan. But this crap he pulled, we all talked about it earlier. Like it's it's borderline pathetic, man. Like, and you know, you, he needs a better PR team. Like he could have answered that differently. That sounded selfish. The season's on the line, as you can see, they out the playoffs, and I, I didn't like it. I didn't like it whatsoever, and I think he gonna lose a lot of uh, fans and support because of that decision he made to even announce that. Even if he made that decision and shut up about it, that would have been fine. But to, you know, to speak in third person, like you know, and, he's and a, Jay, did you see he was on the court dunking the basketball and doing layup line drills yeah. and stuff last yeah, night? See, 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 I didn't see that. I didn't watch the game. Yeah. But I can imagine. I can imagine how people feeling. Like, dude, you was just like, if you get out there and give him twenty minutes, and y'all win the game, and then win the next game, you're in. Then you're in a seven game series. Then you can decide. You know, to sit or uh, play a couple of games, however you want to do it. But for the season to be on the line and you out there dunking and switching hands in the air, I'm sure. And like, it's, it's just a bad look. And I, like I said, I, I was a big, big, just like I was a big Ben Simmons fan at first. But this, this stuff they do and say, this, it just turns you off. And they need better PR people around. They, they, they might need to start taking some PR classes at college. Yeah, yeah, or, or Jay, great point on both. Or Appreciate put, or put a muzzle always, on it. Listen, it was bad optics for to, for Zion to do what he do and bad verbiage to say what he said. Bad verbiage, just, and then you go on the court and you do what you did and you on don't a clinic play? And, right. Listen, here, here's what it comes down to. Players are, they care more about, now you should care about yourself, but when it comes to a team game, you got to care about your teammates as much as you care about you. Right. Zion Williamson, save the oh man, I'm just I I'm not where Zion needs to be. Stop, just stop it. Your health. Guess what? Go in the locker room and get where Zion needs to be in 20 minutes. You got a game to play. Yeah, you're healthy. You played what 30 games this year. You've had a hamstring since January. January, a hamstring second. since January. And I'll tell you what, he keeps doing this. He'll be an M&M away from 330, too, if he's not careful. And I think he's a great player. Nothing, I don't know him, but I can tell you this. The second you say what you said, if I'm a teammate, the first thing that comes to, what a... Bitch? Yeah. <laughs> I was, I was going to say a pad, oh, yeah, a punk. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I know he's a great, yeah, yeah, but yeah. oh, you can't say that to a star. Oh, yeah, you can. Because he's a star, but guess what he's never going to be? If it's a, a superstar. Superstar talent, but will it match the dedication and staying healthy? Oh, it's just a guy, hey, he should take care of Zion first. Oh, of course. Make sure you take care of you first because 
Listen, Brian, I feel good today, dude. Yeah. I don't have the vid, good. nothing. Good. Stay But you know off. what, though? I'm a little tired. Okay. I don't feel we're Sean. Well, we're all tired. I, I'm, a, I'm a little. Listen. We're all tired. I don't want to get. I, I just. Not I, Sean I, I, right I'm not now, Sean right well, now. Well, we're all tired. I don't feel tired. like Sean right now. I mean, we're all tired. Thank you. You haven't played since January 2nd. I had a hammy. I'm way tired, more tired than you. Thank you. But I'm about to yeah, I'm about to sack up. You get my point? We're going to go win. James, I think it's weak, and I don't want to hear while well, I was misquoted. No, you weren't. Yeah. The bottom line is oh, you no, weren't going to play. You said. And, and you told us to talk to Zion because Zion wasn't feeling it. Start feeling it, dude. It's called yeah. the playoffs. And I know we got to get to break, but here's one last thought on that, too. How long is he going to save himself, or how long is the team going to save himself for health to like make a push? They've invested in Brandon Ingram. They went out and got C.J. McCollum, and they've blundered the last like two or three years. So well, Zion's not feeling it right now. He's finally, yeah, he'll finally be feeling it and they'll blow up the team because they're tired of being that's, ex- that's exactly right. Save. They've already been through that injured guy who's a talented guy through the roof and can't yes. stay healthy. Yeah. They've been through that. He was supposed so, to be their resurrection yeah, from that. Just, just save it. Yeah. It's a repeat save it. it. And Jay's right as we go to break about yep. these Texans. And you know what's crazy? Go back and read all the insiders. They have ch- they change. It's a it's Dow weekly. Jones every it's right weekly. That's their gig. They'll give you the the hottest the talk. The bottom line is Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud are going early, and Bryce Young's going to be a Carolina Panther more than more than likely. Yeah, we're going to continue to talk about the Houston Texans and their draft positions next. Top of the hour on the Sean Salisbury Show. Here. A new sound spectacular. Sean Salisbury. NFL quarterback, Sean Salisbury. This is the all-new Sean Salisbury Show. Final hour of the Sean Salisbury Show here on Sports Talk 790. You can also listen to us on the free iHeartRadio app. Got general manager Dana Brown joining the show at 9.30 to talk Astros baseball. They're off today. They open up a series at home against the Rangers tomorrow night. They beat the Pirates for their first series of first series win of the season. Rockets interviewed Frank Vogel for their head coaching vacancy yesterday. We've been talking about the Houston Texans with the Cardinals getting calls about their number three pick. Ian Rappaport mentioned that the Texans could potentially call the Cardinals and try to move up from number 12 to the number three. So essentially they'd have the number two pick and the number three pick. Uh, Let's go to Marcus real quick. Wants to talk about the Texans and their draft position. What's up, Marcus? Yeah, how y'all doing, fellas? I was calling with two questions. With the scenario of the Texans moving from 12 to three, do you think that's dependent on if they are able to draft Bryce Young? And will it change if C.J. Stroud is their option? And question two is, if they're not sold on C.J. Stroud, wouldn't it make sense to trade out a number two hole with maybe like, you know, Las Vegas, you know, to get more assets? Because if you're not just sold on C.J. Stroud, and you don't, I don't think you have to draft Will Will Anderson with the kid out of uh, Texas Tech being available. I think he can potentially give you the same production, if not more, down the line. So I just hang up and listen to what you guys have to say. Marcus, that's phenomenal points by you. And we, we've kind of, I, I've, we've discussed that trading out a number two if it's not a quarterback, unless, of course, you think Will Anderson's Lawrence Taylor. You get my point, and I'm a yeah. little hyperbolic, but you get my where he he is such a game record that the difference between him and Texas Tech and the kid from uh, is it Iowa the 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 edge rusher from Iowa I think it is you start to look around is it different from how, how much different is it from Nolan Smith 
as an as a outside linebacker. I'm, so you stay, and I love Will Anderson. Don't misunderstand. But is there a bigger chasm between him and all the rest, or is it closer? Van, so you, Van Ness. Van Ness. From that's I- exactly Luke, right. Lucas Van Ness from from Iowa, right? Yes, yeah. Correct. Yeah. So. You, you see, and, and you see these guys that can that are really good players, or Jalen Carter inside. We we like guys now that can push the pocket back, and stop the run, draw a double team, and still pressure the quarterback from the inside position, not just outside position. So, there, there's a lot of options, and you're exactly right. If you want more assets from two, and it's not a quarterback, and yes, Marcus, the thought process, I believe. I don't know if it changes to the point where you don't take a quarterback, but I do believe if Bryce Young's not there, that it is a Hmm. Which means that if they move up to three, then they're going to ensure themselves that it will be a quarterback and another position with two and three. But if it's at two and you're going to stay at 12 and you're not drafting a quarterback, unless you think Will Anderson's Lawrence Taylor, go down to the Raiders, go down to Seattle, go down to somebody else and say, you may not want to do it with the Colts say because it's in your division, but go down and say, listen, we'll take more assets. And then we'll get the edge rusher. We'll get you could, Jackson uh, Smith Najigba at you, number eight or you nine. Could get the Lions for number six. There you go. You know they're not drafting a quarterback. No, but I'll tell you what they want is a defensive stopper, a great mm-hmm. defensive player, or another corner, or to line up with uh, Aiden got, Hutchinson that's a, on the other side. A rat, rat dominant player. Yeah, they because they can score on anybody. Right. They're going to win the division this year. I believe it is in you. the North. They'll score on anybody. The question is, can you get stops? Because they can't get any stops. Yeah, they need defense and more defense and more defense. So, uh, Marcus, it's a great point. And so you ask yourself, if we do, if we're not taking a quarterback at number two, and we love Will Anderson, but man, he's not, we also love a couple other guys. We don't think there's a major difference between the best edge rusher outside linebacker and the second best. Then trade down and go get the guy, but don't trade down so far that you miss out on everybody if you want assets. If you really want to kick somebody right in the, in the groin, stay at two, take the quarterback, or Will Anderson, knowing that you've got number three worked out. But you can't, here's the problem with the Texans. If you wait till draft day and you pass on the quarterback at two, hoping that while you're on the clock that you're going to make the trade to get to three, let's say you draft Will Anderson too, and Arizona's on the clock, and you call up Arizona and say, here, we got this deal, and Arizona says, sorry, we're already making the deal with the Colts, or we're making the deal with Tennessee. Now you're like, whoa, 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 wait a second. And now you lose out on a quarterback that you were hoping to get. So if you if the Texans are going to deal with the Arizona Cardinals at the third pick, I personally believe it's got to be a pre-draft trade to assure that you know, now I can take Will Anderson second or the quarterback second, knowing I'm going to get my best play, the other guy I want third. But if you draft second and you are on the clock still and that deal has not been made, now you risk losing out on it, especially if you take the linebacker Outside line in Will Anderson, and all of a sudden you're like, uh, somebody else beat us on the trade. If the Texans are making that trade, it's got to be pre-draft trade. If the Texans are taking the quarterback on number two, it can be draft day trade. Unless, of course, you think the third guy is the next great defensive player or wide receiver. So I think Marcus makes a good point. If you're not going for a quarterback at number two, you should, you should do what Arizona's doing, weigh all options. But if you're going to move 12 to get to three, That'll be a quarterback and Will Anderson, I think, with two and three, if that's the case. And I'm willing to do that. And then when it comes to, I'm just still kind of... Wampy-jawed? No, I ain't wampy-jawed. Just annoyed, man. Literally just a week or so ago... 
This what's, happens every year, though, dude. What's the? Well, it's my first time covering. I know, but you, you know, know this. No, I'm not even discussing. Year, saying, but it just affects us. It's still, so but much. It, and it's all yeah because of where they're picking. But right. it's still, a, it's still an irritant. I, I think what frustrates me the most is literally just a couple weeks ago. What's the uh, Josh McCown? That's the one. Uh, he's the coach that was with C.J. Stroud at his pro day. Dapped him up, hugged him, talked about playing sports. We'll build your court when you're in Carolina. What's wrong with blah, blah, blah. though? Nothing's wrong with it's it. Just a con- it's then, just a pro day. And then the NFL insiders are like, well, C.J. Stroud, good hooper. Josh McCown, he's a lock to go number one. A week later, Anthony Richardson impressed the hell out of Frank Wright. He likes the upside. He's a lock to go number one. And then today, Adam Schefter. Oh, Waste of time for Bryce Young to go down to Houston and have his visit. Like, dude, can y'all figure it out? It's called. It's I mean, great I, fodder. I, I know what I know, they're doing. I, I, I'm with you, brother. I'm with man. you, man. The first mistake anybody made was winning the last think, game by the Houston. No, Texans. Well, that's one. Yeah. As, as as Jay had mentioned, the 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 first mistake people make is optics over dapping people up and listening to what a coach says about it. He's got to talk good about all of them, right? You got no. There's no reason to talk poorly about one of them. So you talk good about all of them, and because somebody's dapping them up and talking about hoops, yeah, that's what I'm going to do if I'm Carolina. I'm going to invest in a player. Hey, man, he's a good quarterback, but you know what? We could shoot hoops during the off season. And like, like just now, oh, just, just now that just came across my timeline. A mock draft. Nick Casario is going to use his first round picks to take Will Anderson and Hendon Hooker. Who said that? John McClain. Mm. So where'd John get this information? It's his mock draft. Oh, it's John's mock draft. So yeah. they're taking they're taking Hinton Hooker with the twelfth pick. Yes, could happen. Maybe John's got some great insight. Let me ask you guys this. I know we need to get to break. Maybe it'll be a teaser <laughs> no. if it's good enough question. But with all these rumors that we've been talking about the last two days about Casario potentially parting ways after the draft, does mm-hmm. that concern you going into the draft? Considering he's the main guy making our that picks? was that was my question. Like when I heard the stuff yesterday, I asked the buddy of mine. That was my question: Why would they even let him have the draft? Now he may, maybe he is going somewhere, but for me, if I knew somebody was leaving the building, I'm not giving him a key to it. Exactly. That's what makes it even more frustrating. On why Lovey Smith got to coach that last but game, if, right? But if you are, if you are Nick Casario, and you're an organization, you know you're going to jettison him when this is over, or he's leaving. Mm-hmm. Why in the hell it doesn't would make, he be at the top of my draft choices? It doesn't why, make any sense. Why would he sense. be making my draft decisions? It doesn't make any sense. I wouldn't let it happen. Now, if it does happen and he still is in charge of the draft, this will tell me that they still haven't come as far as they need to in the front office to make smart decisions. Right. I don't know if that's the case or not, and, and it, it would seem odd, weird timing. Mm-hmm. But then again, I, it's football and it's pro sports. I don't get pro sports a lot of times. Yeah. but Or sports, period. But... I'm just saying, man. If you, if, I, I don't know. Okay, is the best draft for them? Okay, would you rather have Hennon Hooker, who I love, and you know how I feel about Will Anderson. Would you ever, rather have C.J. Stroud and the edge rusher from Texas Tech, or would you rather have Hennon Hooker at 12 and Will Anderson at uh, 2? Uh, give me the quarterback. Give me C.J. Stroud. And, and, and the wide receiver or edge rusher at 12. Give me C.J. Stroud and Jackson Smith. I think Hennon Hooker is going to be – and you know how – here's what's fun, crazy about it. You know how many times people complain, oh, they've only done it one year when we're talking quarterback? Uh-huh. Guess who's done it one year? Hennon Hooker. Yeah. And, he said, and I love the kid, but if you're going to criticize a quarterback, you're you've only got one. You're going to criticize Trey Lance. You better criticize Hennon Hooker. For one and done. A great player, but I haven't seen enough of him. I think Hennon Hooker's going to – I think he's going to be a player. Yeah. I don't know if he's the 12th pick of this draft. Right. That's the problem. So yeah. I disagree with John, but John may know something. Maybe it is. But for me – 
I'll go quarterback second, and if I can get to the third slot, I'll take yeah. it. We'll continue to talk Texans next on Sports Talk 790. I want you guys to do me a favor and go get this app. I'm pleading with you because you're going to miss out. The first week of May, we're starting the relevant teams. I'm putting them together, and it starts in Houston because we're building something special, and it's going to be teams of Astros, the deepest dive, and a hardcore opinion. But guess who's going to be involved? You guys. And wait to hear we got coming down the road for a chance to win money and contests as we build this relevant app, and it's going to be the technologies off the charts. I want you guys to go get it. It's R E. V, excuse me, R-E-L-E-V-N-T, relevant. There's no A, R-E-L-E-V-N-T. It's a a chance for you to shop shop for all your Houston fandom on the relevant app. Starts with the Astros, going to build it through the the Rockets and the Texans. It's going to be special. It's going to be the calling card and the guinea pig, meaning in a good way, oh, that relevant app started there. All over the country. And we got a chance to start it in the best city on the planet and the best sports town right here in Houston. Go get it. It's a relevant app. It's live to live, uh, live face-to-face game day shows for the Astros. will be all season long starting in May. Talk with myself and Rhino and Brian and other teams. And you go on there. It's fan involvement. At a time when people want less fans, we want more. And you're going to be involved in it with all your great insight. Engage in interactive polls, talking Astros, Astros Fanatics. So I want you to go and join the chat room of the Astros Fanatics. Go to Pro Sports Fanatics and the relevant app and join the Astros Fanatics chat room. You're going to love it. It's a relevant group messaging app with interactive live streams. Gives you the opportunity to be part of a community based around any of your interests. And it starts with sports. Keeps you connected to all kinds of conversational content. And we want you involved. It's relevant. Jump on in because you are going to love it. And it's going to be huge. Relevant. R-E-L-E-V-N-T. Relevant. Pro Sports Fanatics. And the Astros Fanatics chat room. Going nonstop. Sean. With former QB. Sean Salisbury. All right, we've been talking about the Houston Texans and their in their draft position. We got General Manager Dana Brown of the Houston Astros joining us next segment. So let's get right out to the phone line. How do you feel real quick about Dalai Lama? <laughs> what? Him and Joe Biden what would be great together. What a friggin' whack job that dude is. Yeah, what did he do the other day? He oh, told, just take a look. He, he, he told, yeah, just Google it. He told I, a young I kid, saw it like a day Stuck or two out ago. his tongue. And didn't he tell a young he boy told, to suck its tongue? Yes. Nice, yeah. Mm. Dude, there's some I saw I saw a really funny meme of because you know Joe Biden's done it. Those some, two kissing. Yeah, you saw the meme yeah. where they're like crying, oh, laughing. <laughs> Listen, I guess. Uh, oh man, and this kiss by I guess uh, Faith Hill, I guess there'll be a few more different quotes. You know, how people post quotes from the Dalai Lama. Yeah, mm. not anymore. Suck mm. my tongue. Mm. Yeah, I uh, yeah. Mm. No, I'm out on the Dalai Lama. Yeah, well. Mm. All right. Yeah. Nip. Sorry, dude. Out of there, man. Yeah. If I'd have been there and he'd have said, when you had young kids said that to my son? <laughs> Ooh, duh. Would have pulled him out of the school. Dolly like, might be riding a llama somewhere he doesn't want to ride it to, okay? <laughs> what a friggin' whack job. Oh, uh, let's go to Mike. He wants to talk about the Texans. What's up, Mike? Hey, what's going on, guys? Good morning. Good morning, man. Hey, so yesterday, I uh, I was thinking about once they, you know, started talking about Bryce Young and everything. I was like, well, you know, what would a trade look like with Seattle? So I pulled up the uh, the trade value chart. So if the Texans gave number two and a six rounder to Seattle. They would get number five. They'd get number thirty seven, which is their second round pick this year, and then their first next year. 
So I started thinking about that. So the Texans would pick at five, and at five, Anderson, Wilson, or Levis, or Richardson, you'd get guaranteed one of them at five. And then their second-round pick is super high this year. You could package some of your stuff and jump back into the first round. So there's a chance if the Texans tra- uh, traded with Seattle, they could have three first-round picks this year and next year. And I was like, man, six first-round picks in two years. Like, if they're I, – I really agree with Sean, what Sean says, you know, all the time. If they don't love C.J. Stroud, like, don't be forced to take him. Right. Like, I mean, to think about six first-round picks in two years, that's that, that could be awesome. Yeah, so, and, and my hey, Mike, real quick, I, I think about this too. I, you know, I, I'd, I'd, if you love him, take him. I don't care what the fan base or anybody else, media, whatever we say. If you love C.J. Stroud, if he's sitting there too, and you love, just draft him. Take it and 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 you know what? Four years if it doesn't work out, like anybody, else, you got to do it again. You hope it does, and that's the risk you take when you set your franchise back. But but my thing is, if you don't love him, what if the difference between their thought process is? All right, Bryce Young's gone. We really like C.J. Stroud. But we think that Anthony Richardson three years from now could be just as good or somebody else, right? And the difference between C.J. Stroud and Levis or Richardson for them is a completion of game. You know you know what I'm saying. It's really small margin. Well, then why would you stay at two to draft a quarterback if you think it's six and one, half dozen the other? Now, if you say, listen, the difference between the second guy and the third guy in this draft, a quarterback is, is big. Then draft him if you love him. And even if it's a big margin and you still don't love the number two pick as a quarterback, go get assets, man. Go find players. I'm with you. Six first-rounders in two years. But if you love the quarterback, you take him. I always believe that. Yeah. But if you can get assets and don't love the quarterback, don't stick a square peg in a round hole. If he doesn't work for you, if you go in feeling bad about it, guess what? Or not feeling great about it, you shouldn't do it. Your gut a lot of times will tell you, dude, don't do that. And then you do it and you say, well, my gut told me five years ago. If you love him, draft him. If you don't, I think that uh, Mike might be onto something there. Hell, you could move around and do a lot of things. And if Seattle really wants to get up to the two-hole because they're going to get something for Geno or they love Will Anderson that much, have at it, dudes. Go trade it. you got to love the quarterback because that's your franchise. If you don't, don't draft one. Before we go to break to get to Dana Brown, let's get to John in Needville. What's up, John? Hey, Cats. What's happening, man? Uh, All good. Hey, you know, Kind of going on this media thing from Ian Rappaport, uh, Joe Blow around the corner and everything. I think the fans take it too much at heart of what they report. They, they, they're, they're throwing little bits. I'm trying to make it sound right, but they're throwing little bits out there just to keep interest in it. If anybody's going to know it, it's going to be Schefter. If Schefter says it, or maybe even Chris Mortensen, then you can pretty much well book it down. But all these other cats, man, you know, until it happens, I just take it with a grain of salt from drafts to, you know, trades to fake drafts to reports of this and that. You know, it's just like, excuse me, the – oh, man, Sean said it earlier when y'all were talking about it for a break. Somebody reported about something. And it's like, okay, where did this come from? Who's the source? And they're like, oh, well, reliable sources. Dude, if you're going to say reliable, throw the name out there. If you're going to say it, say it. But they, they, they don't give you exactly what they want. And in that way, it just doesn't make sense sometimes to me. And I know I'm not making too much sense, but 
just take it with a grain of salt. Bottom line is you know who you want to trust in this. Otherwise, it's just it's just a bunch of white noise until we get the draft is what you're saying, I think, John. And I, I'm with you. Listen, I know they all do the, work hard at it, but when it's all said and done, how many of the thirty of the first of the thirty plus picks in this first round? How many do you think the experts are going to get right? Not very many. A third, maybe. I'm not talking about right where somebody tells you two seconds before the the cards in. Yeah. I'm talking about on their mock. Go go check the ten most popular mock drafts. Their final one or their second one, and look how from number two to number four it changed. Yeah. Remember for Mel, Will Levis was his number one choice. Yeah. A month ago. Or six weeks ago. So, right, there's some who have inside sources, but it, it's good fodder. Bottom line is, I really don't care what they say until I see the pick. Because the okey-doke hits, trust me. Yeah. It always does. We're going to welcome in Dana Brown, the Astros general manager, next on Sports Talk 790. This is the Sean Salisbury Show. This is 790 Baseball Direct. Direct from the ballpark. Your radio, driven by Texas Direct Auto, powered by Vroom. Welcome back to the Sean Salisbury Show here on Sports Talk 790. Sean Salisbury, Brian Lalima, Ryan Money. We're going to welcome in Astros General Manager Dana Brown to the show. Yeah, we are. His normal visit is Wednesday at 930, and uh, we'll adjust for anybody that gives us this great insight. Joins us now, General Manager of the Houston Astros on the Sean Salisbury Show, Sports Talk 790. All right, Dana, I'm so intrigued with people in leadership positions who have had great success. So this is kind of a selfish question for me, but fan base, in your position as a leader, a general manager, a guy who's been in front offices, I know you care about the fans because you're so transparent, but when it comes to the pulse of how fans are feeling about a team, whether it's early or throughout the season, how much attention do you pay to that? First of all, guys, thanks for having me on again. Um, yeah, I do listen to the uh, comments of the fans. Um, you know, sometimes the, the funny thing is <laughs> their comments will line up with what we're thinking here in the front office uh, because they're so passionate and they're so into the day-to-day operations of baseball operations. So, um, you know, at the end of the day, we have to make an assessment on things that we feel uh, we need to do in order to – get better at the major league level, and we'll do that. Uh, it just so happens that sometimes the fans line up with what the office is thinking anyway. Right. Yeah, it's, it's probably not wise for any of us to, when they call, say, hey, uh, Dana, will you draft this guy for us? Yeah, you probably got to look a little deeper than that, but you do have your finger on the pulse of all of it. Are you, are you a social media guy, Dana? N- not at all. Not at all. My, uh, I, do, I do have people around me, and we have <laughs> right. conversations about social media. Right. Uh, but I, I've never been a social media guy. I, I'm, I feel like I'm so social already, and I've never got onto the social media uh, platform. Well, they're saying great things about you, so just wanted you to know that. Um, to the team. Dubon, you know, people with questions, speaking of fans, saying, well, Dubon, he's a he's a, you know, a platoon guy, and you got him every day at second base. What's Dusty doing? Well, I think Dusty has a pretty good idea, as do you, about finger on the pulse of a team. He is playing his ass off, to be quite frank. Um, did you expect this, and what did you expect from Dubon? And you got to be awfully proud of his start. Very proud of his start. Uh, did not expect as much as we're getting now. Uh, but we do have people here in the front office who who know Dubon very well, like my assistant GMs. They were very confident that um, they felt like, hey, this is a good uh, piece to have. And he could feel the shoes of, of uh, Altuve for 
for some time. Uh, so we hopefully he keeps it up. Uh, you know, of course, nobody could pick, replace Altuve. Right. Uh, but at the end of the day, to get production that we're getting from Dubon at this time is exciting for us. And for the club. Well, what be excited. Dana Brown, general manager, Houston Astros, joins us here on the Sean Salisbury Show for his weekly visit. We're grateful for that. Let, let's say he continues at an all-star pace, right? And, and, and Altuve comes back. We know Altuve's the guy, Hall of Fame guy so, and player. So what happens? How do you take a guy who's played every day and then find a way to fit him in the lineup every day? It's a good problem to have. If that happens, if this all-star, the way he's playing, continues, what do you do? That's why we paid that. <laughs> <laughs> so, so here's the way I see it. Um, I see it as uh, you know, Dubon is a uh, you know super utility guy. He could play center field. You know, he could play shortstop. He could play second. He could spell a third. He could do multiple things. So, if to have a guy like that, I'm sure Dusty would would find some time for him. Um, you know, to give uh, one guy a breather, another guy a breather. You know, whether it's Pena, whether it's Bregman. Um, you know, at the end of the day, I think he'll he'll get he'll get him some playing time, and I'm just excited that he's playing so well. And uh, I hope he keeps it up. Like the defense has been good, the offense that he's given us is, is productive. Uh, so it's a good thing. It's a good problem to have. Was there any reluctance to move Chaz to one? I mean, it's working out well, but Chaz to one and paying you out when you guys made that decision and Dusty made that decision. What went into that to move Chaz to the one hole? Yeah, so that's a Dusty question because, you know, Dusty, I think Dusty's been doing this so long. Like, his vision for this game is uh, unmatched. I just think his thought process and sometimes why he does things, uh, you know, it's, it's based on, a lot based on instincts and his, his history of being in the game for so long. And I think he felt like, okay, you know what, let me just give this a shot. This makes sense. And it's kind of worked out. So, um, you know, I hope Jazz continue to, you know, continue to play well. Uh, but I think that's like a dusty move that he used his instincts and his history in the game to make that decision. No question about it. Dana Brown, general manager of the Houston Astros for his weekly visit here on the Sean Salisbury Show. So some injury update. I know you have to answer this a lot, but if there's anything new, the Brantley, Altuve, Lance McCullers, in any way you want to answer it, Dana. Yeah, so uh, Lance is still flat ground, uh, but he's stretching the distance out, which is it's very uh, it's very good. So he's he's, um, he's coming along nicely. You know, uh, Altuve has really good movement in the thumb, and that's a good thing with no pain. So he's healing fine. Um, and then Brantley, we're looking at hopefully uh, you know sometime in early May uh, where he'll be back, and so. I think they're all moving right along. I get the updates uh, every day, and um, you know it, 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 they're all saying that it's, it's, it's a good thing. So, with the uh, I was we're thinking about Abreu, and you know people have talked about the power surge, the lack of home runs. But hell, I think any of us are willing to you know okay, I'll give a home run to a guy getting on base what every game but one. So, do you ever have a concern? And what did you see when you got here and knowing? bringing Abreu here and paying him, and now he's the first baseman. Well, are you concerned about the lack of power now, or does that usually come when it gets warmer? But he's putting the ball in play and, what, two more hits yesterday, got a double. So does the lack of power concern you at all early in the season? Not at all. I think Abreu's a professional hitter. He's one of those power guys that can use the entire field. 
And if anyone had a question on his power, they should have saw that home run he hit at uh, in Jupiter against the Cardinals. I mean, it was crushed. Right. So I, I know it's I know it's in there. I'm not worried one bit. I like professional hitters. I like guys that have to, uh, you know, they make you respect that they can hit the ball all over the park. And then I, I believe that, you know, when pitchers start making mistakes in certain quadrants of the zone, I think he'll hit balls out. I really do. Danny, you and I are sitting in at a restaurant and we're just having a casual conversation. And I say to you, evaluate the pitching staff just 12, you know, 12 games, 13 games in. What would you tell me if I've never watched a game this year? Yeah, I would just say uh, be patient. Uh, our guys are giving us good starts. Um, you know, at, and then at the end of the day, I think our bullpen is, 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 is going to tighten things up. I know we lost some games late, but I would, I would tell you that we are good. We have good starters. We have guys that are going to post. And I know that, uh, you know, we, we, we have, we have the best bullpen in baseball last year. So, you know, at the end of the day, I, 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 I don't have any worries about the, the pitching, the pitching, uh, the starting rotation or the bullpen. Uh, me, myself, personally, I always like to have depth, so it's good to see Whitley thrown well in AAA at another good outing. And, and so, um, you know, I, I would say, hey, we're going to be good. Well, that's a perfect segue. Dana Brown, Astros GM, joins us here on Sports Talk 790's weekly visit on the Sean Salisbury Show. Because I had Whitley in my mind, and he had another good start. When will you know that Forrest Whitley is ready to come up here and give that a go again in the, at the big league level and let it rip. So once, you know, once we get an opportunity here in the big leagues, we'll give him a shot. You know, I mean, right now our rotation is pretty, pretty set. Uh, he's depth for us and that's a good thing. Uh, but we, we, we won't hesitate to call up Whitley. We will not hesitate to call up and, you know, maybe it's going to be sooner than later. Who knows if we have to go, to a six-man rotation. I think these guys did a good job last year with going to that six-man rotation. Um, and what that did for them is, you know, their guys were well-rested down the, down the stretch. The bullpen was well-rested. And you guys have heard me say that, um, you know, I think that's one of the reasons why the Astros plowed through, you know, the postseason last year, you know, because they had that six-man rotation and everybody was well-rested and they had a good bullpen. And it was, uh, it was, it was, it was pretty well-oiled machine. Dana, what's the greatest, uh, the, the, the intangible strength, what's the greatest strength of this team that we can't see or we don't talk about? I just don't think we talk about the defense enough. I mean, you know, I saw the play that Tucker made yesterday, a few plays that DeBond made, you know, the plays that Bregman made coming in and going in the hole and, and, and going toward the line. Uh, I think, uh, you know, look at the center fielders, Chaz, Myers, those guys are always making plays up against the wall and diving. You know, even Schultz made a really good play coming in yesterday. Um, I don't think we talk about the defense enough because we just assume, you know, I, I, I tell people all the time, I love good defense because uh, when you have good defense, you go home at night. You know, you don't, you don't have to stay at the ballpark uh, that long. We play a good, good, clean game when you have good defense. I think defense is a, a real – big part of baseball for 162 games and those clubs that make those plays they have a chance of being on top at the end i always think it's cool you mentioned uh, Corey jolks and you know local kid and hitting 
his first home run. And thank you to to the Pirates for throwing it back. You know, the fans for throwing it back in. But uh, really, those moments, because it's all about moments, Danny, you know this. Those moments have to feel real good, not only for the player, but as a, as a franchise to watch him hit that first home run because he's been doing a nice job. Well, I, I hope he could, I hope he continues to do a nice job because this is a good story. He's a local kid. He had a great year in AAA. He came into camp. Uh, he wasn't really on my radar. He just kept playing well. And, you know, quite frankly, the assistant GMs, um, you know what? They really said, hey, we, we need to give this guy a, a real close look, you know, at making this club. You know, and then after talking with Dusty and, uh, you know, going through it, the kid made the team. And, uh, you know, he's been he's been fun to watch. His yep. bats are pretty good. You know, he's hitting the ball hard, which is exciting. And, uh, you know, I, I, I hope he keeps it up because I love a good story. I love when a, you know, a local kid, um, you know, comes along. I remember, you know, when I was in Atlanta, you know, we took Michael Harris. He was a local kid, lived right there. It was just some, some excitement for the local kid. So I hope Jolts continues to, you know, continues to keep it up. Uh, it's, it's, he's been fun to watch. He's exciting. And I know Dusty, you know, has challenged him to be aggressive and, and do some things like that. So it's it's been it's been fun to watch. Yeah, that ball jumped out of the park yesterday. Let me go back and we'll let you go, Dan. I know you got a busy schedule. Um, and good luck this, this weekend series and uh, until we get to talk to you again. But with Jolks, and you said he really wasn't on your radar. You're a, you're you're a baseball guy and know the intricacies of it. What what when did he hit your radar? Was it not till the, the season started, or, or was there something in spring that you yourself saw said, "Man, I didn't I, I didn't realize that he had that." What was it? Yeah, yeah. So basically, he um, you know he was able to play left field and also right field, and he would hit the ball hard, and he had a really good clean approach. I like guys who get that. That, that those hands started early and they don't jump to their front side. And, uh, you know, there were some things there to like. And, uh, you know, so he started to get my attention. And as I said, you know, my assistant GMs, uh, you know, and some of our people in baseball operations, they said, hey, you know what, this guy's really, really coming along. You know, don't forget about him. And then, you know, t- talking through it and, you know, just using my baseball mind saying, hey, you know what, there are some ingredients here. And like I said, I had the conversation with Dusty, and Dusty was on board, and he said, okay, let's roll with him. And, you know, the guy did it the old-fashioned way. He came in, he had a good year in AAA, and he made the team. It's awesome. Hey, real quick, are you uh, – I haven't asked you this. Are you, you know, like a lot of ball players and guys who've, who've, who've spent time in managing front offices, playing – are you superstitious? No, not at all. <laughs> uh, you know, I grew up – I, I grew up in a, in a family of 12, and, you know – uh, my mom used to always say, "You better have faith." And so I'm, uh, you know, I got more. I'm more faith than anything else. Um, you know, it doesn't mean that when I was playing, I didn't throw a, you know, the same T-shirt under right. my <laughs> uh, my uniform every now and then. But for the most part, uh, you know, I believe in, you know, create your moments and. Um, Good things will happen. Well, you great moments for us each week, man, and we're grateful we were able to adjust and have you on today. And we'll look forward to our next Wednesday conversation. Enjoy the day off, but you really don't get a day off. So for you, enjoy not playing today and get back after it Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And we appreciate you as always, my friend. Thank you. Absolutely, guys. Good to be on and good to talk to the fans. Thank Take you. Care now. Always great to have Dana Brown. I love how transparent he is with the fans, and I love that he admitted, hey, we did, yeah, I, yeah, I, I know what the fan base is saying, yeah. and I'll listen to them because they're right a lot of time.
smart guy yep. and great to have him on. Well, in the show next, I got some notes about the alcohol sales in Major League Baseball with the uh, with the pitch clock. We'll talk about it next. Sports Talk 790. The Sean Salisbury Show continues. Just wrapped up our weekly visit with Astros General Manager Dana Brown. If you missed it, it'll be up on our blog after the show, sports790.com. Love the transparency from Dana Brown. I do, too. So, Forrest Whitley, they're going to give him a shot whenever that comes available. You asked the question. Yeah. Well, you asked the question, we'll win. And both Ryan and I said this year, I said by the All-Star break. Yeah. He sees action, whether it's as a start, six-man rotation, something. So that's good. And he is phenomenal, right? He's great. He's phenomenal. I love, you know, most guys say, I don't pay attention to the fan. (laughs) I love the fact that he says, you know, they're smart. And they really are. Now, you can't let every decision be made by fans, but he's got his finger on the pulse. Love it. Yeah. Of the fans, even though he's not on social media. Hey, that's what I love. When they're not on social media, but you'll trust me, you'll have plenty of people to remind you what they're saying. And Dana knows that. Great to have him here, right? And a great answer when I said, well, what about? He goes, well, that's why we paid Dusty. So he could make that decision. I love it. So, you know, what I noticed in some of those answers today from him in regards to the lineup, compared to James Click, James Click would have given us something about, oh, you know, we like this position and that position and this person in the lineup. Dana Brown was like, well, that's why we pay Dusty. And he might also said, Jan, that's okay because James had his way to do it. Like most, right. more guarded. Yeah, nothing. He'd nothing, say, well, we're going to decide on the injury thing him. later today. Right. It's yeah. just different. Right, different. But different doesn't mean bad. Right. It's just that Dana Brown has come in here and. He just, when I say he's been open completely, it's not like he's given all, like I said, he's not given all this innermost conversations they have that are for private, for, for baseball private ears and what they're doing only, who they're, you know, what they're doing in trade talks or any of that stuff. But he really, listen, he knows you're going to see the lineup when he sees it. So if it's no secret, what's the big deal, right? You're not going to tell us like um, your innermost X's and O's gamesmanship, but He's been fantastic. If you're a, listen, if you're a player, a coach, I mean a manager or a coach here or if you're a fan here or media, this has got to be as good as Jeff Luno is. He was never this open no. in public. No. He was more guarded but damn good evaluator. So, everybody has a different way to do it. If you're a fan, it doesn't I'm going to tell you it doesn't get any better than this when it comes to front office transparency, GM transparency without telling you stuff like, dang, why would he say that? You know what I mean? Yeah. He's fantastic. He really is. Uh, you ready for these these uh, statistics so far? Would you say these or these statistics? Uh, these. Okay. Usually it's these, but um, MLB games are now 30 minutes quicker than last year. That translates to a loss of $280,000 to $1.1 million in lost beer sales throughout the season so far, depending on the stadium. Several teams in the Brewers, Twins, Diamondbacks, and Rangers have already extended their beer sales deadline from the seventh inning to the eighth inning, and all other teams will likely do it. We talked about it. And there are the numbers. Some stadiums are already losing over a million dollars in beer sales. What did we say? Billionaires and millionaires, guess what they don't like doing? 
Losing money. And so they'll find a way to gain it. You knew this was coming down the pike. And it's the, the, and here it is. Come to Jesus. Well, that means another inning. You can have your cold beer. So there you another go. Another inning. Wow. We need you to get, out. get your spindle tap. You guys ready to get out to Minute Maid Park? Yeah, I think I'll, Are you going to go this weekend? Uh, no, I'm coaching all weekend. I will not be there. You guys will not win a chip. You guys will get your ass kicked. Whoa. We already we won a chip last week. What, oh, yeah. What happened to positive reinforcement? That's a good point. I got you. Yeah, come I'm going to come dude. watch you. I'm going to watch you shift your paradigm. I, if I come watch a game, can I be a, sit in the dugout well, as a I'm guest? Go, I'm going to be in Kerrville. So if you want to make a road trip, no, I'm going to be in a local game. Yeah. Can I, can I come in and be your GM? Sit Absolutely, bit just like, you can. Be like, hey, let's yeah. go. Ducks on a pond, Brian O. Yes. Yeah. And then when something doesn't happen, you're going to be like, fire that coach. Yeah, you know, give me give me the right-hander, Brian. What are we waiting on? What are you waiting on? Let's go. I told you two games ago. Wait, you had ducks on the pond. What are you doing, bunting? There you go. See, no, no bunt here. Go no, oppo. No, upper tanking. Oppo tacos, maybe, all day long. Great stuff. Thanks to thanks to Dana Brown. Appreciate it. Yeah, if you missed it, it'll be up on our blog, sports790.com after the show. Sean Salisbury, he's Ryan Money. I'm Brian Lima. Thank you for listening. We're back tomorrow morning for an In Your Feels Friday, 6 a.m. next up with Stan Orfleet and Chris Gordy is coming up next on Sports Talk 790.